Blog Talk Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, Thomas de Caballeros. Welcome back to another edition of Leading Ring Radio. I'm your host, Dave Duenas, with my co-host, Emil Carr and Kenny T. Uh, welcome back here on Leaving Ring. I hope everybody had a great weekend. Um, I hope you guys all had a great uh, Saturday on The uh, Zone. I thought The Zone delivered with the main event of Mikey Garcia and Jesse Vargas. But there was a lot of fights underneath that card that definitely delivered and had, you know, I, I believe it was well-spent money. Uh, with the subscription-based um, platform that is brought to you by the Zone, we got a really good show for you guys today. We got three guests that are coming on live here on Leave the Ring: uh, Brian McIntyre, Bo Mac, the head trainer of Trans Crawford, and Damon Allen Jr., who's fighting on March. Let me get this right. Uh, yeah, March twenty-seventh. Uh, uh, it's going to be televised on Impact TV. Um, Damon Allen Jr., who's going to be fighting for the lightweight USA PA state light, lightweight title against Stevie Ortiz. That should be a really good, interesting fight. Um, that's brought to you by uh, Michelle Rosado from Raging Babe and Lou DiBella Entertainment. So we're going to have them on. We're going to have Diego uh, Magaleno on, talk to him about moving forward and actually congrat- congratulating him on his, uh, his past win. And then we're going to have the super middleweight, uh, David Benavides. We're going to have him on here on Leaving the Ring around 7 p.m. Yeah, we're going to be do, almost doing a two, uh, three-hour show. Uh, so it's going to be a very long show here on Leaving the Ring. We, we should be up live on, um, on YouTube, right, Kenny? That is correct. We are live on YouTube. I'm looking for we the are, link right uh, now. Yeah, I'm looking so, for the link right now, too. It hasn't shown up on YouTube, but there's always a, a slight delay for the uh, right. YouTube video to show up on YouTube because I have it. I think it's on a one or two minute delay. So whatever we do now shows up like a minute later or so on YouTube. Okay, so it should be coming so I'm, up. As I'm, I'm, gets, I'm looking for it as well. Right. As soon as it gets up, I'll tweet it out for everybody so you can log on and uh, watch our ugly mugs here on Leaving the Ring. Uh, mm-hmm. When you do log on, be sure to hit the like button. Subscribe to the channel and hit that little bell for notification on the right-hand side. I was talking to D-Style because a, a YouTube channel is one of the OGs of the YouTube uh, boxing community. And he was like telling me, hey, you got to have them do this in order for your, your listeners and subscribers uh, to catch guys whenever you guys go on live. It'll notify them. Um, now, it, it's not set up the way it was back in the days. It's completely different. I'm really out of touch with YouTube now. But we're back. Kenny, Kenny T uh, brought us back to YouTube here. Uh, thank God, right, Kenny? Definitely, definitely. I'm, uh, I'm just glad to help, man. I'm, I'm glad to be a part of the team. It's, a, it's been a great experience. It's been great all around. Lots of learning, lots of enjoying myself, and lots of fanboyism. You know how it goes. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know, I was feeling like I think everybody was being a little fanboyism uh, when they, when how spectacular. Did Roman Gonzalez look, man, on Saturday night? You know, fire. Yeah. I thought your fire was gonna really like keep that distance in boxing. But I had spoken to you know the the camp of uh, Gonzalez, but prior to that, I think that that same week, and they had said they've been doing a lot of road work, 
um, that Gonzalez felt that he really, really looked good. Um, that we're going to, you know, that that camp put so much work with him, with, with the legend, that we're going to see an image of him of, from back in the days. We're going to see him look a lot stronger. Um, you know, his time response was going to be sped up a little bit. And you know what? They delivered, bro. I, I don't know how you thought about that, but um, he delivered. He came out there. Yafai was trying to fight his fight because he felt, you know what, I, I could take it to him. Um, but hmm. Gonzalez just really looked like a spinning image of him past self, which, you know, he's fought two of the best guys in, in the world. I mean, he fought, uh, he lost to, to the best guy at the time in the world. Um, so that there's no, there's no really, I, I don't really understand why we'd wrote him off. You know what I mean? Like, why, why did we write him off? Um, you know, he wasn't a, a division he shouldn't have belonged in, but he's, he's there. Uh, he's going to fight Estrada. Hopefully that I'm hoping that he's going to fight uh, Estrada because that's, that's actually one of the fights that all of us immediately want to see him get, get back in the ring. And... Yeah. Yeah. You know, I uh, I think that uh, Roman definitely he looked amazing. He looked young. He didn't look like the like the old man that we we thought he was. But uh, I do think that people felt that people written him off uh, because uh, yeah, man, he took some savage knockouts, and and it's very difficult sometimes for people to come back from a knockout, you know, for especially when it's savage like that, you know. Uh, which uh, I, and I have to respect uh, uh, um, Deontay Wilder real quick just for taking that rematch so quickly because that man that takes a lot of heart after getting beat down so badly and taking such a savage knockout to come back and immediately want to fight. But yeah, Ro- Roman looked amazing. He moved very well, man. He was landing both power and jabs. He he looked great. He looked great. Looked like a like a version of his young self. Had a lot of heart out there. Definitely not expected. Not what I expected at all. I expected no. it to be a lot more even of a fight. Let's see if we got a milk car finally with us here on Leaving Ring, brother. Are you there? Uh, well, I have him on camera. I see that he's trying to talk. He just moved his lips on camera, but no words actually came <laughs> through the headphones. <laughs> oh, he is speechless. A milk car is speechless. It's a, it's not a live show, man. If we don't got no t- uh, uh, technical difficulties here on the show live and stuff, uh, fight fans. Again, if you guys want to call in, you certainly can. Three four seven two one five seven five nine eight. Let's talk boxing here uh, with myself, a milk car, if a milk can get on, and Kenny T. Um, we do have Max scheduled at at five twenty uh, Pacific time, and Magaleno's at six p.m. And then David Benavides will be. Uh, joining us at 7 p.m. We'll be calling in David uh, um, around that time. Sorry, getting texts here. Um, yeah, I mean, look, I I thought, which I, I reached out to the camp after, right right after the fight. I reached out and I congratulated him. And, um, um, you know, uh, Roman was leaving back to Nicaragua. He's going to go, you know, see his family, um, definitely recoup, you know, gather everything back and then come fly back and go right back and, and go to, you know, professional years going to go right back into work, get back into the gym and start training all over again with Marcos Caballero. And, uh, and, and then they're going to focus on who they're going to face uh, next. But I, I do want to try to get Marcos Caballero on next week. Hello. Just to, um, Hey, how you doing there? Um, let's see. Do we have, yeah, we should. Yeah. I can hear yeah, you. We, now, have we have him. All right. There was an issue with the, uh, a piece of equipment and an AC adapter that it seems like it got fried, but I'll save you guys the boring technical details. I'm just Sounds good, though. On. You are honored right. to have you on anyway. You know. Thank you. But let's back it up really quick, because there was a fight 
I was really interested because I saw that Joss, uh, 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 Joseph Parker was going to step back into the ring, and he was going in with his kid that really was relative known, uh, Winters, but a lot of us knew that he was a tough guy. Uh, but Parker went out there, and the one thing that he was being criticized a lot was that he wasn't stepping on the gas. You know, he tends to like the box. Um, it, it almost seemed like he took a step back and just trying to, you know, perfect his boxing skill, which is perfectly fine. But, you know, fans tune in. They want to, especially from heavyweights, they want to see a KO. And, and, and Parker went, went at winners and was really seeking for that. Big, for a minute, I didn't think he was going to get it, guys. You know, which was using that, that, that you know, shoulder roll, uh, kind of looking like, uh, uh, kind of like with the Floyd May- Mayweather shoulder roll and stuff. Um, more of a James Tony type of style to me that I was getting the vibe from. And it was working. Um, he was, you know, getting little pot shots underneath Parker. But the one thing that I saw that Winters did wrong and, Par- and Parker capitalized on was that when Winters decided to jab, he would hold his jab out there and he waited for the receipt. He wanted to kind of see what, what Parker was going to do. He seemed like he was more comfortable being against the ropes and punches being smothered than really working anything on the outside. And that's where it worked for Parker. He was able to catch him with a straight right. Uh, going off of his jab and caught him numbers a, a, a number of times, and then he, he saw that it worked. And he also saw that what's his name, Winters, uh, after he jab, his feet were in the mud, and he knew that he can counter that. And that was the end of the tape. There, once he caught him, he rocked him, he dropped him, and basically, Winter has Winters had no legs underneath him after that. I I didn't like winter's strategy at all david if i'm gonna be honest he weighed in essentially just over the cruiserweight limit and decided to just sit on the ropes and let a guy that weighs 245 pounds and who's obviously significantly bigger than him just tee off on him and even if he was catching some of those shots and uh, smothering parker to a certain extent it was only a matter of time before Parker was going to kind of wear him down and catch him clean, which is essentially what he ended up doing. I've got to also say, I don't really understand the criticism of anyone who thought that Joseph Parker was, was boring leading up to this fight. Um, last time he fought, he fought Alex Leopold and it was just nonstop pretty much uh, punching and power punching from, from the opening bell. Do you remember that fight, Kenny? The one in Providence oh, I on the, uh, the, the uh, Andrade fight. I 100% remember that fight. I was super impressed by him in that fight. But I do have to rebuttal you and say that previous to that fight, he was semi-boring. He was super boring in the Anthony Joshua fight. And, uh, yeah, he was not the same uh, Joseph Parker that we saw in, the, in the, the last two fights. Definitely not. And even he was not boring when he fought Andy Ruiz. That was an amazing fight. That was back in four or five. But he does have certain fights when he goes very, very boring. Like he just tries to box too much with dudes that maybe he shouldn't be boxing as much with. I, I, honestly, I thought he should have brought the firepower and the pain to Anthony Joshua. He shouldn't have been at such a distance. And, he tried you to, know, but so. any time Joseph Parker wanted to get busy, and box on the inside, which is where his advantage is because he's shorter and has a shorter reach than, than Anthony Joshua. The referee stopped him from being able to go to work. I don't blame him for being boring in that performance. <clears throat> and he wasn't boring I'm, against Dillian White. 
You know, I, um, no, no, definitely not. Those those fights. Like, he's he's he he's hasn't brought you know exciting action to the heavyweight division. Um, I mean, when he hasn't looked good. You kind of got to look at the opponents. Like Huey Fury is not an exciting fighter, and Briscoe <laughs> uh, fight. Uh, Anthony Joshua has. When has he been exciting? I just felt that the ref gave far too much help to Anthony Joshua when when he fought. Uh, when he fought um, Joseph Parker. Well, you know, I the thing that. about Joseph Parker, I think that what most folks are, are confusing, boring and in, and in activity, you know, because, yeah. you know, the, the, the beast song and everything that a lot of folks are feeling like, Oh, well, you know, I can't really remember what Joseph Parker is, who he, you know, what he does. Um, I, I actually was really looking forward to that fight. Cause I wanted to see how Parker looked. I wanted to see, um, because he had been ill, he, he hasn't been fighting, he's been out of the ring. Um, I wanted to see how he was going to come back. Was there going to be fire uh, in him and to, to make a, a statement to the heavyweight division that he's still you know, healthy alive here? And I thought that he did that. Um, I did like the matchup, though, uh, Amilcar. I agree with you. The, it was the wrong strategy, the wrong plan. Um, because he was fighting to me like a middleweight or a super middleweight by doing the James Tony, you know, uh, waist move up top and stay in one position. Um, but he also showed that he couldn't. He's not comfortable fighting in the outside. He's not. He, you could see there was no. Excuse me. There was no confidence in throwing long range punches, and uh, that to me was Parker's way of of, of letting him know that you have to have more than just one thing in the bag to beat a world-class fighter like Joseph Parker. I thought it was a great, interesting fight. I want to see who he moves on next. Um, I got to tell you, I'd love to see uh, Usyk and him trade trade gloves uh, uh, with each other, if that is possible. That's I know Usyk match. has something scheduled, but I think that would be a phenomenal fight. That's a really good match. I don't think he's match. ready for that. I don't think Usyk is ready for that. I need to see Usyk with somebody else. It's the same way I feel about Mikey Garcia. Uh, I don't think he's ready right. for anybody else in the welterweight division. I don't think that, that Usyk is ready for anybody else in the heavyweight division. He fought Witherspoon, or I think, last time, and he didn't look too good uh, against Witherspoon. He needs to build his way up. I would hate to see uh, Usyk against Joseph Parker. I mean, if I'm, in my head, it seems like a great matchup. But then, really, really thinking about it, I see Usyk getting badly hurt. <clears throat> I don't know. I mean, Usyk is a big guy, and he's fought heavyweights. Um you know, um, uh, I'll let you get in your your thought here, Abel Carr. I just lost mine. Go, <laughs> no, go ahead. I just lost mine. Go ahead. <laughs> oh, sorry. No, I was just saying, I'm looking at it from the perspective of a fan more than of a manager or a, or a fanager. I think it's exciting because, <laughs> you know, we don't know how uh, Usyk is going to perform at the top level against the heavyweight. And Joseph Parker appears to be just below what I would consider the A-class heavyweight fighter at the moment um so it's it's intriguing is it a risky proposition for Usyk of course it is but if you're going to throw him in there against the heavyweight and, and risk a loss you might as well do it against against a guy with a profile who's a former world champion then I would even say uh his next opponent Chisora who I think is a super dangerous opponent for him and really doesn't bring any anything in terms of being a former uh, titleist or, or current world champion. 
I would rather see him against Chisora. I would rather see him against uh, uh, somebody like uh, the. It was one of the last couple of dudes that Deontay Wilder knocked out. I forgot his name. Uh, he knocked him out right before he fought uh, Luis Ortiz. Uh, whatever. Dominic I would. I rather see. Yeah, Dominic Brazil. I'd rather see him against Dominic Brazil or, or, or a Chisora. Why? Because uh, they're 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 matching him up to the point where he has an advantage, not to the point where he could get hurt. Chisora's a slow, powerful man. Chisora may barely land punches on a fast uh, duck and dodge in Usyk. That's what they're looking for, to match him up in a way where he has the advantage. Uh, I don't really see him having the speed or the or the defense advantage on a dude like Joseph Parker because that's the way that Joseph Parker box, uh, fights. He's a, he boxes more than he brawls. Chisora brawls. He's going to be looking for the one put him to sleep punch and he's going to miss that repeatedly 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 dominic brazil is a bigger uh slower dude that that tries to box i would rather see him against those two dudes than 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 a dude like like uh like we just mentioned um why can i well why am i catching brain farts today this, this is not good guys yeah this is Parker. <laughs> <laughs> i'm over here forgetting names and stuff wow <laughs> i think that Usyk, man honestly is going to give anybody problems because of his footwork and because you know what uh we our image of him is what he's done in the cruiserweight division so a lot of us feel like he, he he's not going to be competitive to bigger guys but he has fought bigger guys he's fought like you know joyce joy um he defeated him um you know I think what he brings to the table is his skills, obviously, um, is going to be something to to either figure out for the bigger, slower, heavyweight guys, okay? Uh, his footwork is obviously going to puzzle a lot of folks uh, in the heavyweight division. Uh, like In the likes of, like, Fury, uh, his footwork puzzles a lot of these heavyweights. Uh, the thing that I – th- I think the big question mark and the riddle over his head is the power. Does he have the power – to keep these bigger guys from walking in. I don't know yet. I think that fighting Joseph Parker gives us kind of that bar of whether or not they've either, you know, um, I, I don't think it's, look, it, <clears throat> the way they're talking, why not put him in with Joseph Parker? To me, that's the right opponent right there to tell us everything. Parker's been there. He's fought the best in the division. You know, um, it's just like a Mill Carr I just mentioned. He's an A fighter. Uh, so Usyk and them, I think that to me would we would get every everything answered because Joseph Parker has a little bit of everything. He's not the biggest heavyweight, and and he's not the you know his footwork ain't the fastest, but he's got fast hands. He can close the distance and he throws in punches, bunches and punches. So I like that fight a lot. I think that would be the bar for me to tell me where Usyk would stand among all the heavyweights in that division. Solid like that sounds great. Sorry, Emil. Go ahead. I was just saying he has solid fundamentals too. He's a fundamentally <clears throat> sound boxer. He doesn't do anything, anything badly. Um, you know, he's got good balance, like you said, David. Good hand speed, very good power. Um, not super, super heavyweight like a Tyson Fury or even a, a Joshua, but he's 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 a big guy, and I think it would be a good test for Usyk. The other thing too is you kind of have to look at who's available. Um, right in the heavyweight division, and, and the guys that are that are free, and the guys that are tied up, and of the guys that are not tied up, he's probably the biggest name. I agree. I agree. You know, after hearing you guys mention what you guys just mentioned, I do think that it will be an amazing fight to see. I was previously thinking more as as like a mill said, a fanager. You know, 
thinking about the way that he should be brought up that would be best for himself, himself being Usyk. Uh, but the truth is, as a fan, yeah, you're right. I want to see all, all the fireworks. I want to see all the smoke. I want to see all the grenades, dynamites, and explosions. You know? Right. Uh, <laughs> like, There's one uh, I, I, that I forgot about, too. This is one other name, too, that I think would be an interesting fight because he's not the tallest. I mean, he's heavy, obviously, but he's not the tallest. But Andy Ruiz, I think that would be a good that'd fight, be, too. That'd be an amazing fight. And even even very dangerous for it. Well, depending how heavy Andy Ruiz comes in, is he going to eat the Snickers or is he going to put it down? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> would you have know, in that you fight? Know, I, um. Oh, I, I, you know, hearing back what's seen on, Insta- on his Instagram is he's back in the gym. He's, <laughs> he's obviously taking it serious again. Uh, it, it, it seems right now that he's hungry. Uh, he's hungry for that fight. Um, so I, I, I think he's the, I think he's really dangerous for Usyk. But again, Usyk's uh, foot, his, his mastery in footwork is above all the other guys, in my opinion, at this moment, until I see otherwise. Um, it's right up there with, with Tyson Fury. Uh, I think that that footwork and him able to create angles and pivot out of danger is going to give guys anytime uh, a lot of problems. It's going to confuse a lot of these heavyweights. And, you know, Andy Ruiz is not, he doesn't have the most intellectual footwork. He's got fast hands, um, and he knows how to come and close that distance immediately. But he doesn't know how he really doesn't know how to pivot out of the way. There's no mastery in his footwork um, because he's such a big guy. I don't see him uh, um, being able to go footwork per footwork with uh, Usyk. I, I think that if that fight was to be made, you have to edge it for Andy Ruiz because of the power. But then you have to go. Well, Usyk can make him miss a lot of shots, and that could be really frustrating for Andy Ruiz because he's so used to. Andy fighting big guys that don't have that footwork because they're there to kind of walk you down. They, you know, bigger guys like to use their weight to walk you down. Usyk is a big guy, but he's not there to walk you down. Usyk likes to, you know, tap around you, all around your body, break you slowly, break you down, and then he goes for the KO or he just busts you up enough where you kind of just mentally and physically just break and give up. You know, I don't know that would happen with Andy Ruiz, but I think definitely that he could catch Andy Ruiz coming in because Andy would get desperate and try to land something really big because he'd be behind on those scorecards. But until that fight gets happens or gets made, I don't know. It's still up in the air, man. That's that's my opinion about it. I think. I think that. Oh, go ahead. No, I was gonna say I think that the biggest telltale in, in that fight would be what weight Andy Ruiz comes in on, and you know, because. Uh, he can come close around 200. If he, think about it. If Andy Ruiz was to drop to like 220, he would be a very slim man, probably just as mobile as Usyk because he's around 290 right now. He's extremely mobile. So, but he's not going to come down the way, although he said that, you know, he wants to train himself and look like the new Anthony Joshua and yada, yada, yada. But no, the truth, in all honesty, the, I think that the man let the money get to his head. If you look at the last interview that he had, I think it was with ESPN, he got some big old gold diamond chains on his neck and all this other stuff, and that was not Andy Ruiz before he got that fight and before he got the money. So, yeah, I don't know if I ever see that fight with, with Usyk and Ruiz happening, but it will, be that, it will definitely be a major match. I would love to see the fireworks in that one as well. 
the the last name, and again, now I'm going to put on my manager hat if I if I was kind of managing. Uh, Usyk. Go for it. I I a good opponent for, for from that perspective, I think would have been um, Manuel Char, the Syrian fighting mm. out of um, Germany. Reason yeah. being, he's got a little bit of a name in Europe. Uh, he's the WBA regular champion for whatever that's worth. He's been super inactive. Uh, I don't think he's fought in about three years because of the situation with Fredzo Kendo, who for some reason was still entitled to, to a shot at the WBA title. Uh, so, you know, and he's also not the biggest guy. I think he's about 6'3", maybe 6'4", at the most. That would have been, I think, a, a pretty much an easy win for him. He would have picked up a, a title belt, and um, it would have been like a kind of a, a dipping your toe into the heavyweight division a little bit, at least at something that's just below the championship level. So, again, that's not a fan's perspective of him being in the biggest fights and the most exciting fights, but in terms of kind of, again, Prepping them for the heavyweight my, division, right. Yeah, no. Yeah. I, I completely agree. Uh, we should be getting Bo back here in a few more minutes. Um, I did text them. They just let me know they're trying to get a hold of them right now so they can bring them on here on the show. Again, if you're listening on YouTube, don't forget to subscribe and hit that like button and hit the bell button on the uh, right-hand side there. I believe it's on the right-hand side so that you're notified that when we're on uh, every Monday night here on Leaving Ring. If you're not list- if you're not watching us on, on the YouTube, don't worry about it. You can always catch us on uh, Block Talk, Stitcher, Audio Boom, uh, iTunes, iHeart. Uh, blog being God, dude, we're on every single freaking platform uh, out there, you know. FM radio, uh, uh, the FM radio station, uh, uh, audio, uh, you know, app that they have, we're on there as well. So, again, um, we're waiting for Bo Mac here on Leaving in the Ring, uh, and uh, hopefully we can get in. We, if you guys got some qu- uh, questions, put it on the chat, uh, top chat here uh, for us, and we'll ask those questions. Yep, we already have one question lined up uh, for Bomac. Um, we'll definitely be asking that. I answered it for. The, I gave my opinion on the question myself, although I I don't know. It's just an opinion. But uh, yeah, well, we definitely have a question already from for Bomac from HC. I think is Jamas or Lamas. I'm not sure how you pronounce that. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. Well, well, we're um, waiting for Bomac to call in here. Um, I want to kind of pose this out there, you know, about uh. Moving on to the main event between Mikey Garcia at his still campaigning at a welterweight division, 147 pounds on his zone on Saturday night against the game, very game, uh, Jesse Vargas. Uh, I said this right before the fight started, guys. I tweeted out, if Jesse starts off fast and uses the jab and closes that distance uh, between him and Mikey Garcia, that he could possibly create something there. And for those first four rounds, that's what he was doing. He was creating something there that a lot of folks thought that he was able, uh, that he was not going to be able to do. Um, he was catching Mikey Garcia every time he jabbed. He would do the check hook and he it landed. It was beautiful. Anytime they clo- how he closed that distance was by stepping to his left and then throwing the overhand right and would catch. Uh, he would definitely catch Mikey Garcia. But the thing with Mikey Garcia is like he's like any really professional, intelligent boxer in there. They start seeing that you're starting to use the same moves. You're not being creative. And he started correcting it. So he would keep his left guard up very high 
so that after he jabbed, he pulled it back immediately so that Jesse would only catch that glove. Then Mikey Garcia started looking a lot more comfortable. He started to, you know, get his feet underneath him, and he got his timing. And that was the one thing that I said uh, throughout that fight on Twitter was that once he gets his timing and his rhythm, it's going to change for Jesse Vargas. He has to do more than what he was just doing. And to me, I've always said this about Jesse Vargas, very tough, very grit. But his problem with him, I've always felt, is that he overthinks what he's going to do sometimes. In those first four rounds, he was just he was reacting, and he kind of had a little bit of a plan. But as soon as Mikey started blocking those punches and started kind of honing down on his punches and coming down straight down the middle, catching him, hurting him, and eventually dropped him, that was it. It was completely over. He was basically on airplane mode. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, you, you go, go for it, Mel. I'll take over. Well, I go for it. I don't have anything really much to add on the technical side in terms of Jesse Vargas. Jesse Vargas does everything well but he doesn't do really anything great i don't think um he's got a great boxing brain i mean he understands the sport he's able to analyze things very well which he's done uh at a very high level as as a commentator the problem with him is just that he his talent has has a ceiling and the ceiling is the championship level uh whenever he's taking on the the top opponents um in their weight class uh he's he hasn't been able to get the win. I mean, whether it's Tim Bradley, whether it's uh, Mikey Garcia, whether it's Manny Pacquiao, uh, he unfortunately comes up short. I mean, he's able to to do decently against, you know, Delorme, Broner, uh, people of that kind of caliber, uh, but or even Antonio DeMarco. But again, at the very top level uh, with the elite championship level fighters, he just can't can't really get get wins. And you know, anyone who's been involved in sports, uh, I'm a phys ed teacher by trade. I also coach uh, sports teams with kids. You know, you always have those kids that just got really good talent, and then the kids that work really hard but just kind of aren't aren't as good. Um, no knock on Jesse, he's tough. Uh, he's by all means a consummate professional, but he's just not at the at the elite when it comes to the championship level. I, I feel like uh, <clears throat> I definitely agree with you. Uh, I just feel like um, I don't know. He he goes out there. He pours his heart out. He leaves his heart in the ring. You know, like he really does fight. He really goes out there, takes a, takes a lot of punches, which he probably shouldn't be doing, and gives a lot of punches back. Um, I'm gonna say something you guys probably aren't gonna like, but uh, or. Is he the gatekeeper for the division? Nah, nah, nah. But he, I think he's a, I don't know. I think he's a really good fighter. He's a great fighter. I think we can't discount him as a great fighter. No, I don't think he'll ever be champion unless he falls into a situation where a belt is relinquished for somebody being injured or something, and he gets a belt for, by fighting somebody for a title that nobody's currently holding. But I don't really Kenny, see that happening because it's a welterweight division. He is so. a gatekeeper. He is a gatekeeper. You're right. Uh, that's yeah, what it seems like. But before, before I used to say, gatekeeper, uh, for the before I used to say Adrian Broner was a gatekeeper, but that was like six years ago before he started getting pounded on by everybody. And now, you know, I think that uh, I think that Jesse Vargas makes like a pretty good gatekeeper because he's beat some really good people and he's fought some good yeah. people and gotten beat by them. So it's like uh, he has good experience, you know. Like 
I guess Mikey Garcia just keyed in the door to the welterweight. But you know, I don't, I, I don't think he should continue fighting in the welterweight division. That's my opinion. You, 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 your thoughts? My thought is that he'd be a great opponent for a guy like Virgil Ortiz. Ooh. Yeah. Um, yeah, a really good opponent for Virgil Ortiz. I don't think he's going to want that fight because he's looking for the big, you know, cash money, uh, that F you money. It's basically what Mikey yeah. Garcia is looking for, you know? He's looking for that. No, no, no you sorry. Know, I, I didn't mean Mikey Garcia. I didn't mean Mikey Garcia. I meant... Um, oh, you're talking about Jesse Vargas. Jesse Vargas. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's you know the, the only I thing with Jesse Virgil's on the zone. It's a great fight for him, but what I saw of Jesse on Saturday night, taking nothing away from Mikey Garcia, he had a great performance. Uh, it was a solid win. Um, my thing with this was watching how Jesse got hurt, not just once. It was numerous times. You know, uh, he was getting hurt throughout the fifth all the way down, and uh, that told me. That that's something they should go back and start looking into of maybe hanging up those gloves. You know, Jesse's a really nice kid. I've known Jesse for a very long time. He's been on leaving the ring. I have uh, I've texted with him back and forth in private. Um, he's a very humble kid, very nice guy. You know, um, but see what happened on Saturday, having a good run for four rounds, and then everything just fizzled out and fell apart. And seeing that he was getting hurt, and really from a guy that a lot of us questioned because we saw him move up to 140, then 147 in Mikey Garcia, that we never really felt he had power to really hold anybody off at the welterweight division. So is it really Mikey's power that moved up finally with him? Or is it really that the, the father time is really catching up to Jesse Vargas? And if, they, if it is father time, I wouldn't want to see him to get. I wouldn't want to see him get in with Ortiz, who's more of a killer at a, at 147 guys. I just don't want to well, see that. I hope it's not, I hope it's not father time because he's only what 30 years old or so. But I think it's to, to, to use a word you just use time or, or timing. Uh, yeah, Garcia yeah. Has great timing. You know, right. he's a I agree. Elite level counter puncher. He picks you apart. He times your jab. He times your power punches. He knows when to fight on the outside. He knows when to give it, fight on the inside. His mastery of distance is there. I still, though, think that, that the appropriate division for Mikey, I mean, 135 is probably a bit too much of a stretch now, uh, given that he hasn't fought there in a while, although I feel that that's probably his ideal weight, is that he yeah. should go down to 140. Because I, I don't really, I, agree. I don't yeah. really see that happening. Didn't he go up to 154? Wasn't he fighting at 154 not too long ago, something like that? No, no, no. Jesse he Vargas? Highest defense and, Jesse Vargas. And Vargas at 147. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I, I don't know if I see Jesse Vargas going down. It does seem, I don't know, he, throw, he throws good punches at good angles, but his punches seem to tickle other dudes and not really hurt them. I, maybe I'm being a little disrespectful by saying tickle. I don't mean to disrespect nobody. I always say that. I have to always say that. No disrespect to anybody. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I do feel that he doesn't really affect the fighters at 147. He did hurt Mikey, or not hurt, but he did. Mikey did seem to feel the punches quite a few times. But Mikey's coming up from 140. I mean, his last fight was at 147, but I'm still considering him as coming up from 140 because he got clobbered that last match against Errol Spence. He barely threw punches. I don't even know if he got to test his, his abilities at the 147 versus Errol Spence. So, well, you so, might as well uh, just say 135 because before I was that, say he that. fought it yeah. at 135. True, 
True, true. Yeah. I, I only reason I said one forty is because if, if I'm correct, he's had a fight or two at one forty. I, I don't quote me. Um, but yeah, uh, yeah. I don't know Jesse Vargas. I, I, I don't know what he should do, where he should move. I, I, I don't really know. But I do respect the dude, his work ethic. He, he he's a hard fighter. Hey, maybe he could just continue being that gatekeeper and collect, getting contracts and collecting money. Who knows? He's a young man. I don't think Father Time is catching up to him. He has, he has a long time ago. He's very humble, good dude. Much respect to him. I wish him the best. Yeah. My, well, we're still yeah. waiting for Bo Mack. They're trying to reach him. Um, I, I believe he's probably in the gym working with this fighter right now, Damon Allen Jr. So as soon as we can get him on, we will. We do have Magdaleno uh, scheduled for 6 p.m. And then David Benavides. Um, you know, I got to say this really quick. Uh, you know, like I said, it was a great win for Mikey Garcia. I think Mikey's a bit too patient sometimes. It's evident he had Jesse Vargas out. Jesse Vargas' legs were just spaghettied, um, but he just couldn't seem to step the gas a, a little more to take Jesse Vargas. Maybe because Jesse Vargas was keeping him humble with his right hand, and he felt Jesse uh, Vargas is still strong and dangerous. I don't know. But we know this about Mikey Garcia. He's never had that real killer instinct when he gets a guy hurt he likes to system, systematically just break you apart and and if he can get the stoppage he'll get that stoppage they're talking about Manny yeah. Pacquiao I don't know what you guys are thinking or how you feel but I think that that style is tailored made for Manny Pacquiao if you're too patient that that darting in and out that Manny does and and darting in and out with angles I gives Mikey a, it's going to give Mikey a lot of problems well, um, the I first thing I, is I want to agree with what you had said in terms of his tactics late on in the fight. I think he's a cautious fighter of being a natural counterpuncher too. And he realized that Jesse Vargas was the bigger guy. And he boxed effectively and, and aggressively and, you know, with enough excitement to please the fans, but while still maintaining that cautiousness that he needed to kind of get the win. Um you, and what you got to do against a bigger guy. Because as we know, Jesse Vargas has fought uh, even higher than, than welterweight. As for Manny Pacquiao, I, I think it's a terrible matchup for, for Mikey Garcia. Even at uh, the age that Pacquiao is at now, um, Pacquiao's just speed and timing and foot movement and fame, power, which bro. most underrated skills, are just on a, still on an elite level. And um, I think there are other more winnable fights that he can make that would be better for him. And even if you need two or three of those to make the payday of a Pacquiao fight, I think it's worth it. Again, putting the fanager hat on now, then taking on a guy who's in his forties and losing and losing and kind of in a bad way. What do you think, Kenny? Uh, I think uh, it's a horrible matchup. Uh, I think people seem to forget that yes, Manny Pacquiao is an old man, but he just rocked Thurman's world. And, yeah, and, and, and it, it, the, his previous fights before that, he was rocking everybody. I don't even think he lost against Je- Jeff Horn. Some people do think he I won. don't think so either. Uh, uh, see, yeah, yeah. yeah. He, he, he Find beat me the, one he guy. Find me one guy. Horn. Right? Find me one guy that actually says that Jeff Horn won that fight. I, I, I'd wait. You know, I don't think anybody. Hey, anybody would have said that. Right. Well, yeah. You know, <laughs> go go to Australia. You got the whole country saying that. I went to a uh, a clinic for for boxing referees and, and judges. I, I haven't discussed this much, but I've, I've 
trained as a boxing referee and judge. And we, we did a whole seminar where they were trying to explain to us that um, essentially Teddy Atlas didn't know what he's talking about and that Jeff Horn won that fight. I was trying to humble myself. It didn't really speak out too much there, but I clearly didn't agree with that. Although I can't see an argument being made. I just don't agree with the argument. That is insane, but uh, that is really insane. But I guess to bring it back to my previous thought, yeah, I don't, I, I, I don't see how anybody could have actually thought that Manny Pacquiao lost against Jeff Horn. He beat Jeff Horn up the entire fight and he got hit a couple of hard times at the end of the fight and they, whatever. Whatever, I'm moving on from that one. No more judgments on that fight. But Mikey <laughs> Garcia, uh, if he fights somebody else in the welterweight division, which I do not think that he should do, because the only way from where he started is to go up. There's no going down. He goes down. It just looks horrible. He has to go up in talent. Uh, who's he going to fight? Who's going to fight Danny Garcia? He's going to fight Errol Spence again and get beat up again? He's going to fight uh, uh, Keith Thurman? He's gonna, No, 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 and no. He shouldn't fight any of these guys. Fight, I think he could fight Ramirez at 140, Kenny. Uh, that would be a great fight. I would love to see him go down. I would, that would be completely amazing. But he's not going to do it because there's no money, for, in my opinion. There's no money in 140, not compared to the welterweight division. That's where the big money's at, you know? So, uh, Mikey Garcia, he's looking to be great in terms of finances. I don't see Mikey Garcia looking to be great as in, like, trying to go to the Boxing Hall of Fame or Boxing History books. Which he probably is going to go anyway, but I don't, I think he's going after money right now. I think uh, him and his like been. boxing for greatness yeah. is over. You know. Yeah, I think he has been. You know, I think that I think he sees the big picture is gather as much money and run with it as fast as you can, uh, because mm-hmm. there are so many great fights at one forty for him. He could fight Ramirez. He could fight you know uh, Lanares. He could fight, you know uh, uh, Tilfimo. You know. The list goes on for him. You know, he should be fighting like a Maurice Hooker, uh, you know, uh, a progress. These guys, these, these guys are there. He, he can, I mean, there's a ring Devin robin Hanley there for him. Yeah, Devin Haley, all these guys are there for him. But instead, he opts not to give what the fight fans are demanding. And it's, it's weird because it's not a promoter that's blocking him from making these fights. It's an actual fighter this time. That's making him not, is not giving us these fights. He's not, you know what I mean? He, I don't know, man. It's really hard. I, I think again, this bid of campaigning still at 147. And I gotta tell you this: I thought for sure that Jesse Vargas in those first four rounds was gonna beat that was beating the stubbornness out of Mikey Garcia because it didn't seem like it was swaying their way. I think we, I believe we got Bomac here with us on the show right now. Uh, Coach Bomac, are you there, brother? I'm here, brother. Oh, hey, man. Welcome to Leave the Ring. I appreciate you coming on. Man, first I want to apologize, man. You know what I'm saying? I didn't call. I'm 20 minutes late, 22 minutes no late. Worries. Uh, no uh, worries. You're here now, man. Was, that, that's all that matters, uh, you know, is you're here now. <laughs> good deal. Good deal. What's well, up, y'all? Good, good, man. Hey, well, again, welcome to the show. My, I'm Dave Duenas. My, my co-host is Emil Carr, and then we got Kenny T on the line as well. All three of us host the show here. We're just excited to have you all here. Um, so let me let me get this real in really quick. You got a fight coming up, and this is a really good fight. I'm actually really happy that we're going to be able to you know watch it on because it's being televised on on Impact Television, which is a right. new, kind of a new station, right? So I'm excited about that because you know there's been a lot of buzz between your guy Damian Allen Jr. from Philly 
uh, facing uh, uh, Stevie Ortiz for the PA light, uh, lightweight title. You know, Damon had had a had a stoppage, and obviously the big question is: is he on? Is he is he fully back for the comeback against a really tough fight with Stevie Ortiz? How do you get a guy back mentally to be prepared for a big fight like this? And especially, there's a lot on the line. Just not that title, but it could lead to bigger things in his division, right? Well, right, right. Well, the the most important thing you do is just keep him in the gym and keep talking to him, and then just try to go over what what the fighter did wrong in that fight. You know what I'm saying? Uh, and then just try to improve it, and then you give him a soft. Give him a soft touch this next his next fight, which he had, and then uh, I don't believe me personally. I don't believe that Ortiz is a everybody says it's going to be a really tough fight for him. I really don't believe it's going to be be as tough as a fight that everybody believes say that it's going to going to be. I, I believe Damon is going to just go in, go in there and do what he has to do and just going to coast through to a win. Now, if the stoppage come, I'm you know, damn sure he will be in shape to stop him. Well, All right, let me, so let me, I'm going to the books and I'm betting. <laughs> what, right? What, what, what should I what, what should I bet on, Mister McIntyre? What, what, what round? Let me know. House, so man. I'm trying bet to get the, the money. He said, "Right there, bet, bet the house, house. Right. Kenny. You know, bet the yeah, house bet, and the dogs the and the cat yeah. that you have, you own, and all yeah. that. Bet all yeah, that. Don't worry about that. What? Let me ask you this. Um, you know, every trainer. Works with the fighters different, you know. Um, I, I, you know, I, I've spoken to like, uh, you know, Freddie Roach to all, yeah, all the way down and stuff. And some guys say, you know what? I don't watch tapes on on the fighters we're gonna face. I like to just do my own thing with my fighter, and that's what we do. Let me ask you this, Bo. Do you it, do you watch tapes on fighters of the guys you're gonna face, or do you just solely just stick to what you guys are really good at and you perfect that? No, no, I, I definitely watch tape on fighters. I definitely watch their last fight because, you know, um, most of the time they're going to do what they did in their last fight. Uh, it's hard to change a fighter that uh, uh, that probably have, uh, like, 15 or 20 fights. It's hard to change him in, in, in just one fight, you know. So I, I watch what he do good, and I watch what he do bad. Then when he do good, we try to counter that, and when he do bad, we just try to capitalize off of that, you know. And, and, and I won't never ask a fighter to do something that that we haven't worked on in the gym. You know, you know, you'll never hear me get in the corner and say, "Do this or do that," and he'll look at me like I'm fucking crazy. Nah, right? I'm actually <laughs> do the stuff that we've been working on in the gym from day in and day out. And and then that comes from watching tape and watching film and watching over and over. And that comes from uh, working, doing doing what you guys do best in the gym over and over and over and over again. Just do it, you know what I'm saying? Just embed it in their mind. This is what you got to do. This is the thing that I'll be asking for you in the corner. I hate that. <clears throat> that sounds great. Amilcar, you got anything? Yeah, absolutely. You know, Coach Bomack, me, you know, I'm not from Nebraska. <laughs> when I think of Nebraska, I've always thought about the basketball team, the Cornhuskers. Uh, you know, one thing that's been – really interesting for me to see is kind of the development of, of Terrence and yourself as a coach. Could you tell us a little bit about kind of the history of boxing in, in Nebraska, how you guys came up and maybe some of the successes and challenges you faced um, basing yourselves out of, out of Omaha? Well, as I was coming up, man, you know, 
the team I was a part of, you know, we had some national champions in that in that team from from nineteen seventy eight all the way up to like nineteen ninety two, ninety three. There was some national champions, some guys that fought some great fighters out there like Roy Jones, Floyd Mayweather, uh uh Porter Whitaker, like like those guys. We had we had guys from our team fight those guys. I fought the Speaks brothers because they was in our same region. The okay. Suns, I fought them. Uh, when I was coming, I beat one, and one of them died. Uh, so, so we we was our, our team. But as you turn pro, then that's when we start getting that stigma as uh, those guys are are use those for stepping stones because we had uh, Mouse Strauss and uh, running running the mm-hmm. uh, boxing back then. You know, from anybody know Mouse Strauss is. You know, he got more losses than anybody in the world, I believe. Um, so, so in all the fighters that came out of Omaha, Nebraska, or around this area, it was handled by him. And so he used to just throw those guys in there. And so that's kind of that's kind of stigma that we got as professionals. And all the guys that I was in come up with in the amateurs, they all got lost to drugs, alcohol, or did something else. Went to the service or did something else. Nobody never, nobody stuck to boxing. I was the only guy that from 1978 that stuck with boxing that long. You know, I fought all the way up until I was 37 years old. And, you know, I wasn't the best fighter and I wasn't the worst fighter, but I stuck with it. You know, and so how I got started in training was, you know, my trainer used to always say. Man, stay stay behind. Help me with these kids, cause the pros always come in earlier, and then the amateurs come in late after school, about four or five o'clock. We always got to right. them about three, and then so I would stick stick around and help them out. We worked the pads, and and then I got interested in you know helping these kids, taking these these kids on the trip, and one thing led to another, and and part of that group was Terrence, one of the other coaches that went in the corner with me. He was part of that group, and and. uh uh, uh, so one thing led to another. Hey, Terrence was number one, USA team, traveling all over the country. We traveling with him. We fighting Danny Garcia. We fighting uh, Mikey Garcia. You know, we beating those guys. You know, hands hands down, man. Without no problems. And then we turned pro. And when he when we turned pro, that's where the real challenge was at because I know nothing about I know nothing about how to handle a pro, professional fighter. I know how to right. train a fighter. But I didn't know nothing about handling a fighter, and so uh, a brother down in St. Louis gave me a number by the uh, name of Cameron Duncan, and he helped me out. Because I always right. said in my head, man, I will never let those guys go through what my career went through. Now I started off pretty good, three and zero. Then I fought a dude twenty one and zero, and I'm three and zero. And they lied to me, and so and since then I never had uh, the trust of the trainer or the so called managers was in the gym and shit. I was like, fuck this, I'm gonna do the shit myself and shit. Plus. Other shit on top of that, you know, you know, bushing around, gaining weight, all that shit. So, but when when it came to somebody else's career, I made sure I walked on thin ice, man, because I didn't want to mess up nobody's career because I didn't want mm. their career to go through what my career went through. You know, so I combed the earth, man. I combed the earth and looked for somebody that could help me. And one of the persons that helped me was Cameron Duncan. And he got, he got to a point to where he couldn't help us no more. And then so, so there on, I mean, me and Terrence just started doing it ourselves for like the last two years, probably last, probably last three years. We've just been doing them ourselves. Yeah, I think B-Hop kind of paved the way on that one a little bit because he, he got jerked around for a while by different managers. And then once he got to a level where he, he had a name that he could use on his own, he started managing himself. Well, he so beat Lou DeBella in court, remember? He had to get yeah, himself yeah. out of that contract, you know? So that was the big victory for him. 
Yeah. No, that's very interesting because, like, the, the average person that watches boxing, they think of, you know, New York City, uh, Las Vegas, uh, Southern California, maybe some other places. But what you guys have done is really put Nebraska on the map, much like how um, you guys will know, obviously, about Virgil Hill back in the day, the way he put right. uh, North Dakota on the map. Right, right, right. right. Yeah, we uh, yeah, I, I fought up, I fought up there in Virgil, Virgil's hometown before. You know, I think he was a professional. I was still an amateur back then, but that was in like I think uh, Fred, Fred Fargo, North Dakota, or something like that, man. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah definitely. Hey, let, let me let me ask you this here, Coach. What What do you think the media sometimes gets wrong in doing their job when they're talking about? fighters or fights that should happen or about promoters? Uh, you know, a lot of a lot of media they speculate, man, and a lot of them get a lot of them get information from, you know, talking to guys like me or or call, trying to call a trainer and, and then just like dig for information or or like they'll go get around the gym and try to find the weakest link to try to get some information off of. And sometimes that, that, that weakest link, they'll just say something just because they in the news and they'll pull it up on their phone and say, well, you know, I did an interview and shit, and they try to use that as leverage <laughs> to try to get into places and shit like that. But, right. you know, you know, I try not to, uh, I try not to, you know, try to get into that shit with, with media and, I'm going to say what I'm going to say. I'm going to say it. I'm going to be bold about it. I'm going to make sure I can say it again. What's What's the most annoying thing, though, for you and, like, and say, Bud, what is the most annoying thing by now that is typically asked of you guys? The annoying thing, for, it's never annoying to me, man. It, it's never because, uh-huh. you know what I'm saying, it's part of the job. But I think just the annoying thing is, is to Bud is they always ask me, well, how, why you get shot in the head? Or well, let's talk about you getting stopped. He's like, damn, huh. motherfucker, let's talk about me boxing, kicking these motherfuckers ass. Y'all want to talk about me? <laughs> let's talk about my actual people, job. People I'm here I'm here because I'm beating motherfuckers ass, but y'all want to talk about me getting shot. Thank God I, yeah. they didn't kill me. You know what I'm saying? So you shouldn't even want to dwell on right. that. You wouldn't sure want to dwell on, you know, how I'm getting better, how I'm beating these guys that's supposed to be my toughest, my, my toughest uh, opponent, but then I make them look so fucking average and be average or see average. But they fight anybody else, they they look like world champions, but when they fight me, they, they look like they fucking just got out the amateurs. You know, let's talk about that. I think that's where he get disgusted at, man. I, I think people just try to try to. I think people just try to find the, the negative things that they could uh, have anybody say about anyone in the media. People want views. People want clicks. People want numbers. Uh, right. I'm glad that that uh, Dave that you opened the, the the floodgates for the for the Bud Crawford questions because that is what I'm here for, baby. Go ahead, Kenny. Bud Crawford, if I could. <laughs> we can talk about whatever you want. Um, yeah, go but ahead. yeah, go ahead, go ahead, Emil. No, I mean, uh, like you're obviously one of the most respected uh, coaches in the game, and you know, you've also got. Well, I'm, I'm gonna stop you right there. I'm gonna stop you right there. You say that, but but some of those writers they don't think that. Just think, Canelo, Canelo, and. Uh, uh, Canelo and Eddie, Eddie, what's his name? Reynoso won Trainer of the Year, 
and fighter of the year last year by the BWAA, right? Okay, yeah. so who I don't know if there's there other coach out there. Now I took my I take my eye off to those guys. They did what they had to do. But Eddie Reynoso got one champion. Triple G moves up and fight an old man that's about 37, 38 years old and stop him. He moves up to 75, so he jumps up uh, a weight class or two weight class, whatever he call himself. Where, but me and my team, we got two champions. We got three title defenses last year. We we came. We was the underdog going into the uh 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 or the Jap would fight the Japanese with Jamel Herring. Yep. And then we turn around beat Lamont Roach. You know what I'm saying? Terrence made two good title defenses, and uh, uh, what else? We fucking got uh, Hooker comes back. Hookers get a good fucking first round knockout. But I'm one of the respected coaches in the game, but they won't give us the award. I thought we, I thought we deserved that this year. Not Whoa. just only me, but it, it's a team of guys. You got to think about it. it's a team. It's three coaches. I'm just a head coach. I just make all the decisions and shit. You know what I'm saying? And a lot of those guys, Coach Saul and Coach Red, you know, a lot of those, they, they be in the gym more than me because sometimes because I'm out making deals and trying to get guys fights and trying to get guys lined up for title fights. So you got to give them credit too. But if I'm the most respected coach in the game, why come they didn't give us that, that award? Well, I'll uh, say I can those, answer that question for you. Those who know and, and, and respect you, respect you as much. But what you just said is exactly leads into my question because I wanted to ask you about something that I'm sure you've been asked about as, as a trainer, the, the stoppage in uh, the Wilder uh, Fury rematch, specifically Mark Breland deciding to throw in the towel and kind of the, the dispute afterwards between him and, and members of the Wilder camp, including uh, his coach manager and co-trainer, J.D.'s. Could you just walk us through, you know, what's going on in, in the corner from, from your perspective um, that leads a, a coach to make that kind of a decision and then kind of just tell us what you think of that decision that was made in, in that fight, specifically if you agreed with it or not? Okay, so first off you want to start is everybody got to be on the same page when you go into the fight. Everybody got to know what's expected of the fighter when you go into the fight. What is, what is the game plan? Now, if you can't execute the game plan, plan A and plan B, and it's just not helping, okay, then we have an off night. So we got to resort to something else, to plan C. Now, I see my fighter, he kind of getting hurt. His feet ain't under him and shit. He's getting hit with some good shots. He's getting pushed back. <clears throat> Water ain't used to getting pushed back. My fighter's getting pushed back. Oh, shit. Okay, all right. He's getting hit with some good right. Oh, shit, it was a good right hand. What you see? Did you see it? So, so they should be talking in the corner down when when they down below. They should be talking. You see that? Did you see that? What you think? You know what I'm saying? Because I do. Yeah. If I don't do if I don't see it, I'm asking one of the coaches, did y'all see it? Yeah, I've seen it. What you think? I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Okay, all right, all right. We'll, we'll make an assessment when he come back to the ring, come back to the corner. I, then, then instead of telling him shit, I'm start asking him questions. Did you get hurt? Is he hurting you? Are you Okay. You know what I'm saying? Is he strong? Shit like that. Now, if yeah. we answer these questions, like, yeah, 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 okay, now I got to start adjusting what I need to say to him in the corner because obviously that's what I'm there for because he can't adjust in the ring because he's getting his ass kicked. 
So he's right. looking at me and telling he, he asking he's looking at me and telling him what to do. Not only me but the other coaches. And so that's what we should have been talking. Now in that in that corner that night, they should have been talking. Okay? Yeah. Water get hit, he get hurt and what the coach do, he's doing the child. Well, do I think it was a good decision? Fuck yo. Yeah. He saved his okay. life properly. He probably yeah, saved yeah, his yeah. life. And you know the reason I specifically is because a, you, you're obviously, like I said before, a highly respected coach, definitely in my eyes. But you run a team, right? I've seen footage of Terrence Crawford training with you. We actually met briefly at, at the Garden. I live here in the Bronx, New York, and, and you were there with your team of coaches. So you, you run kind of a, a, a coaching team. And being that you experienced what you did in your pro career where, you know, probably managers didn't have your best interest at heart, I felt that you you would be able to provide a really good uh, perspective there in terms of the decision from a from a empathetic and caring coach to take care of his struggling fighter. Right. You got to man. You got to look out for your fighter because the fighter, like Deontay Wilder said, I wanted to go out on my shield. Yeah, you wanted to go out on your shield, but it looked like you didn't have that shield that night, man. So I'm gonna save you. <laughs> so you got kids to look after. Some kids is looking up to you. You got a wife, you got a mother, you got a brother, you got family members that's looking at me. And looking at me and saying something happened to you. Just think. Then who they gonna look at. Like y'all see that special on 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 uh uh Brian Gumble, uh what's it called? Sports what's the name? Sports. Yeah. And y'all see they did the dude up in up in uh in New York with by Patrick Day and he lived right across the street from his, his uh, yeah. from Patrick Day mom. And then he said, every day I got to come out and I got to look at them. And she yeah. got to look at him. You killed my motherfucking son, man. I told you I told you that I want my son boxing. But what you do, you want to satisfy your own little craving so you can have a good fighter. So you use my son as a good fighter. Yeah, I know my son wanted to box, but I asked you to do something for me. You should have did my wishes. Now, just think she got to look at him and he got to look at, they got to look at each other for long they live over there, brother. So nobody want that. Just feel like our buddy yeah. McGurfield right now with uh, Tadasha song. You know what I'm saying? I commentated that fight, man. I commentated. Wow. I see this dude literally get killed in the fucking ring. Literally get killed. And everything yeah. that he did, he could, his plan A, his plan B, his plan C, everything he did, he could not do that with that little fucking Puerto Rican. And Buddy said this to him. Whatever you're doing is not working. You just got to keep moving. Keep moving. And then he told him, man, I'm going to stop the fight, man. You're not looking good. No, 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 I don't want to stop the fight. He stopped the fight. Look, a couple of days later, the dude died. He begged that yeah. dude to stop the fight. So and Mark really did the fucking right, right thing. I want to give a consequence ass motherfucker. You're giving me $10 million a year. I'm stopping the fight because that $10 million is not going to smooth out my soul over knowing that I let you get killed in that ring. Yeah, I mean, $10 yeah. million isn't, hel- isn't helping uh, Mogamed, uh I forget how to pronounce his last name, but Abdul Salahov, I think. He, the guy in New York that took the, the brain damage because he went yeah. uh, the full 12 with Mike Perez. And the thing is, yeah. people say that Fury can't hit, but you keep hitting the man on his skull with those punches. You know, that's the kind of thing that could happen. What happened with, um, no. uh, with Mohamed, uh here in New York. So Fury's a heavyweight. Of course he could hit. Yeah. Man, hey, hey, listen, listen, y'all. Listen, listen. I don't know if y'all ever fought before. Well, that's a scary feeling. I promise you that. I, hey, listen, 
if I see my kids in the in the in the ring get hit with two, three good shots, stop, 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 walk it off. Walk it off. <laughs> yeah. uh-uh. No, I'm not doing it. Even even the polls, I do it. Stop, uh-uh, no, uh uh-uh. walk it off. Shit. Most of the time Terrence spar partners come in, they gotta walk it off down there every day. Or every day they spar. Because he don't give a damn, man. He going there trying to fuck you up because he paying you. He paying you to do a job to get him ready for his next fight. And so you got to be really close. I'm sure you got to be close to some Wilder's training because he hit like a fucking brick house. Man, it's just a sad yeah. thing, man. It's sad. It's it always what's going on in the head of his management, which is Shelly Finkel <clears> and, and, and Jay Diaz, when they're yelling at Mark Breeland after the fight, why did you stop it? I mean, uh, because yeah, they only think about I, continuing to get money. I would have told them to kiss my black ass, motherfuckers, because me, we'll need the money off the whoop. So I hey. Shit. I'm trying to save you. I'm trying yeah. to save us. We a team. You know when somebody asked me, you know somebody asked me uh, down in uh, Dallas this, this past weekend, he said, oh, Bo Mac, Bo Mac, would, would you train Wilder for his next fight? You know when it go up? And, no. Hell no. You know why? For the simple fact, a team lost. A team. A team should go back and have, they should go back and try to redeem their loss. Not just the fighter, the team. You got the coach, you got the strength and distance coach, you got the assistant coach, you got the pack coach. All of them should get together and see what we did wrong. Because obviously we did something wrong. Because my man wasn't the, the right, he wasn't, he wasn't right. Our, our man wasn't right that night. So as a team, let's fix it as a team. Because we went there in there as a team. Let's try to fix it as a team. It's real simple. Uh, yeah. it's real simple. They, they 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 do seem like they need some help. So you know, if they do well, ask for your help, do. you should definitely go help them. <laughs> I ain't helping nobody. I got I got enough already. <laughs> yeah, I hear you. I hear you. You got to look at it. You got kids 26, 27 years old. Son, did you take a bath today? Huh? Did you wash the second ass clothes? Man, wash them gym clothes and shit, you know? Hey, man, I ain't got time for that. I already got enough. Kids. I hear you. I hear you. I hear you. Hey, some of the Amazon kids act better than the goddamn pros that think can't. I guess. Um, Sorry, go ahead. Sorry, Ken. No, I was just going to try to move a little bit away from Tyson Fury and Deontay Wilder and start moving to uh, the questions I'm most interested in, which is the Terrence Bud Crawford questions. Been, I've, I've been trying to get some questions answered forever. I'm curious. I'm curious. I want to know so bad, you know. Um, I guess I have a two-part question for you, uh, uh, which is uh, how much influence, if any, do you have over Terrence Crawford and his upcoming opponents? And... Uh, the second part, obviously, is can we get uh, an idea of like a range of fighters of who he's looking at uh, that we are possibilities? One, we want we want one fighter right now. It's that same name as Manny Pacquiao. If we can't get Manny I Pacquiao, we'll look we're, we'll look for the next available opponent. Well, right now I got well, I got Bob working on the on the motherfuckers in Saudi Arabia. Cause Saudi Arabia wants to fight. They just trying to find the money, which I know they got, but it's gonna take a little time. We're looking around yep. June or July. So, now, we can't get that done. Like I said, we'll go to the next one. Mikey, Mikey Garcia, he just said, if chance is available, he'll fight him. So, I mean, I'll tap into that. You know what I'm saying? But how much influence that I got is about what chance wants. I'm not the fighter. 
I don't get uh, in there and fight. I like that. You know, so, this is I like that very much. Respect that. If we can't get it, then we'll move to something that's something that's reasonable. You know what I'm saying? Now, yeah, is, is yeah, yeah. out? Is he is he is he, is he far away? No, he's not far away. The money the money's around here somewhere. Somebody got to make the money. Somebody got the money. So put the money up. Let's have a good fight. We can't get the we can't get that forty fifty million dollars. Then let's move somewhere else where we'll bring the scale down a little bit. Stay busy fighting until something else pop up for us. It makes complete sense. Uh, I, I wholeheartedly agree with those moves. I don't really see, I don't know if the Manny Pacquiao thing will be possible because I've been telling uh, a milk car this forever. I think Manny Pacquiao is running from Bud, and I think Bud will put a really bad beating on Manny Pacquiao. Just my opinion. Um, I think Bud will so, yeah, I, I, I put a fucking whooping on anybody he wants to and shit. At this point in time now, Bud's so yeah. fucking bad, man. He's so mad. He's so mad. He's mad at the boxing. Cause, Cause, these guys don't really want to step up and shit. You know what I'm saying? Well, now we know, yeah, yeah, know yeah, yeah. Part, We know partly it got to do with the money and shit. But Bud, like, man, fuck it, fight me, just fight me, motherfucker, so I can play. I can show the world that I can beat you. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Right, I like to see the most with Bud is with Arrow Spence, and you know, Arrow's the one who's coming up with the reasons of Bud being on the other side of the street, um, but. One thing that the Fury Wilder fight showed us is that when there's a big fight and, you know, it's got enough fan interest, Fox, PBC, Top Rank, ESPN can kind of join forces and deliver something special for the fans. So is is Errol Spence fight something you would be willing to push for, especially what we saw in terms of the joint broadcast between um, Fury and Wilder recently? I'm sorry, say that again. I said, is the Arrow Spence fight something that you'll push for now, especially since we've seen PPC and 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 a top rank come together for Fury and Wilder? Oh hell yeah, man! Shit, that's a fight. No, that's a fight that that Terrence won't, man. He won two fights. Terrence, I'm gonna tell you what Terrence wants. This is yeah. what Terrence really wants. He wants to unify the division. He wants to be considered one of the the best welterweights in the world. And what that consists of? Fight motherfucker Errol Spence and fight Manny Pacquiao. That's what it consists of. Right. Yeah. I, so, I, hey, I would love to see both those. But yeah, go ahead. Sorry. See, I was on the too. Yeah. <laughs> can you hear me? Yeah, I can yeah, hear you. Yeah, I hear you. Okay, all right. I set, yeah, I set the phone up for a minute. Gotcha. No, no, no. Um, I think all, I, that's the fans that all fans want to see. All fans. So the fight that all fans want to see, I mean, even more than the Pacquiao fight, because personally, I agree with Kenny. I don't really see that as being competitive at this stage in, in, in Pacquiao's career. I think it would be exciting. I don't think it'd be a big event. But, you know, I want to see two guys in their primes who both say that they're the best in the division go at it. I, I think yeah. Pacquiao was too old uh, uh, when, when Terrence Crawford tried to fight him before. The, uh, uh, I mean, Terrence Crawford's been trying to fight him forever, but I thought Manny Pacquiao was too old then. Uh, uh, for Terrence Crawford. And it's not that Manny Pacquiao's not skilled, it's just that man. I mean excuse me, it's not that Manny Pacquiao's not skilled, it's just that man. Terrence Crawford is a, is a, is a whole other animal. He's a beast. Absolutely. Right. Well, you know, shit. Yeah. We just keep we just stay in the gym until uh and I keep I stay in Bob's ass. I stay I keep calling him, I keep visiting till they come up with something. All but right, so believe, I guess uh nothing believe man, so, can't stay in the fucking gym, dude. He stay in the gym. 
That sounds awesome. I could I could only imagine it. He's he he always seems like he's fit and ready to go. So I could definitely see that being oh, the case. Yeah. But uh, but um, I guess we we have a couple of questions that our YouTube viewers uh uh wanted to ask you. So I'm just I guess we have three questions. I'm gonna go ahead and ask those three questions uh, with a, a break in between them to give you a chance to answer them. Um, All right. The 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 first question is from one of our viewers, Nando. Um, his question is, uh, does Terrence Crawford ever consider moving back down to super lightweight with all the talent that's already there and, and, and potentially uh, forcing dudes like Teofimo and Devin Haney to move up to 140 and, you know, uh, reigning at the 140 division? Do, do you, do, is that ever a possibility? You guys consider that? No, I don't uh, No, He'll let those guys move up, man. He already conquered that division. You know what I'm saying? So well, why put your body through that and go through that when you already know you can beat them dudes, man? The Devin Haney's, or the Ramirez's. You know, you know what? You know, I got a 140 pounder now that's going to take over that division, right? So we don't have parents move down there. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I hear you. I, I actually completely agree with that choice. Uh, you know, uh, I think the bigger fish are in the welterweight division. Although there's a lot of up and coming dudes at the 140 uh, pound division, it's just like uh, those are like small fish at this point. And Terrence Crawford is looking like a shark trying to fight another right. shark. You know. Right, right. But uh, what's the use of, yeah, yeah, what's yeah. The use of fighting those guys for? You know, let's so they move up to 47. Then. They demand or they get in a position to be to be a mandatory and shit, but ain't no sense of doing ain't no sense of going out there to fight those cats, man. Not only that, you, like you said, yeah. you cleaned out that division already. If anything, you want to yeah, unify unit, right. in, in the one forty seven. You know, you're you mentioned Cameron Duncan earlier. He's got a new fighter uh, that a lot of people are are high on. Um, Jaron Ennis. The only reason, the only reason he, that him, he ain't fought, he ain't fought nobody, man. Well, I'm not, no, Coach Bomack, I'm not suggesting that you fight him. I just wanted your assessment on, on where Jaron Ennis is. We all know that he's, he's not on the level of, of, a, of a Terrence Crawford fight yet, but I just wanted to know your assessment of, of, where, of where you think Jaron Ennis is as, as a uh, he, contender. He's, not, he's, a, he's a good little fighter. He's a good fighter. The guys that they put him putting in front of him. I mean, you're supposed to dust those guys off to come in there with, with those good records and shit, 20 Twenty six and one and shit from fucking Argentina and ain't beat nobody or twenty six and twenty six and two from Mexico from southern Mexico that really ain't fighting nobody. You're supposed to dust those guys off. You're supposed to look good, dust those guys off and shit. But he really yeah. haven't fought nobody. He's an alright kid. I like the kid, but he gotta fight somebody. He gotta fight somebody. Man, let him fight Ugas or somebody like that. Or Sean. Oh, uh, no, no. Sporting might be a little bit too much for him. Ugas might be a little bit too much. You know what, Kevin Duncan called me called me a couple of weeks ago and asked me about Ugas. I told him, I said, man, you better you better keep boots away from Enos. Man, keep, uh, <laughs> keep, uh, keep keep boots away from Ugas. I thought he beat Crawford. I'm sorry, not Crawford. <laughs> sorry, uh, uh, Porter. Sorry, Porter. Who? Ugas. Uh, Ugas. I thought Ugas beat Porter. Yeah, yeah, I that agree. was a good fight, man. That was a good fight. That that could have turned it with either way. In my opinion, that's just my opinion. But you yeah, know, hey, they gave it. They gave it to the Porter, and so Porter got the win. Mm-hmm. Um, there you go. I guess uh, uh, while we still have you, let, let's ask another couple of questions that we have from our viewers. We have two more questions from our viewers. Let me get these Actually, questions in Kenny, before I, I, Kenny, I don't know. Yep. 
Kenny, we, ask one more question. We got to let Bowmack go, bro. We got Diego on the line holding, um, you know. No so problem. Just one no more problem. question. Mm-hmm. No problem. Sounds good. Last question then. This is the uh, the final question that came up is, uh, um, how do you feel about uh, Errol Spencer's trainer talking in a negative way about uh, Terrence Crawford and his pay-per-view numbers? Well, we're, hey, that's fine and dandy. You know what I'm saying? He can talk all that shit, all he wants and shit. But we know if if they say Errol did 350000 we know he only did 125000 See, one thing they – the public don't realize is the pay-per-view numbers always get pumped up, okay? So him fighting on pay-per-view doing 350000 which is really 125000 maybe 100000 hey, that's that, 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 don't, that don't fascinate me. All those numbers and all that shit don't fascinate me because he got to fail to realize, you know, he don't got the inside scoop like I got the inside scoop. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And so I want to see – I want to see what what he gonna say when I beat the shit out of uh, 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 Earl Spence. Now I've never been disrespectful towards Derrick James. Never been disrespectful towards. But for him to go out and say, "Oh, we only doing this and we only doing that," okay, all right. Then what's make the fight? Then just one on one at the fucking gym, and just you and your fighter and me and my fighter at the gym. How about we do that? How about we do that? <laughs> say fuck the purse, fuck the purse. Huh? How about we do that? Now, that's me talking. Now, I know right. those guys don't want to fight for millions and millions of dollars and shit, but that's how confident I'm in. I'm in I, I, I feel about my fighter. We can go. Yeah. We can meet. He live in Dallas. We live in Nebraska. That's t- 10 hours away. He come up five hours. I go up down five hours. We can meet at a little small gym in the backwoods of a motherfucking Oklahoma City. And they can get it on. <laughs> how about that, Derek James? How about Derek James? All right. I have one statement for you before you get out of here. Not a question, just a statement. And this is a favor. Please tell Terrence Crawford to start talking shit to every fucking body. Uh, that's, he I think, the only thing. He tell everybody. He tell everybody. you, and you, and you, and your motherfucking mama, too. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> no, he definitely, he, he definitely talks shit, but he needs to make his shit talking in a funny way, like 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 the Tyson hey, Fury shit I'm, talking, I'm where he you, makes I'm people feel like stupid. Uh, look, do Manny Pacquiao talk shit? No. No, he doesn't. Nah. All right, dude. No, not Terrence got to talk shit. Right, you're right. You're right. Yeah. I like no, I like the, the way Terrence I like the way Terrence Crawford talks shit in the ring. Me personally, that's that's where I believe it counts is in the ring. You know, everything outside is just a whistle. Yeah. Right, right. Because I'm gonna fight for you. The fuck, exactly. they gonna fight for you? I'm gonna fuck what you say. Just like trainers ain't gonna uh, fight uh, for you either. You know, you got to put that work. And where it counts is in that ring. Uh, hey, Bo Mac, man, Coach, I, I want to thank you for coming on, man. I really appreciate you coming through. Then we then gotta have you back on. Now it's time for the for me to ask y'all some questions, okay? And I know you got to. I guess don't wait. How have I met any of y'all? You met. We um, met very briefly at the Garden, uh, Coach Bo Mac. When uh, or, shoot, I forget which fight it was, but it was at it was at the Garden. Um, 
Oh, it was uh, around the, the Felix Diaz fight. The who? Felix Diaz, the Dominican guy that that uh, oh, that uh. Yeah, yeah. I'll be up there in, in a week and a half. I want I want all of you cats to come up there, and I want y'all to approach me. Let's take a picture together and shit. That's why I know who Absolutely. I'm talking to. I don't know. I'm just talking. I'm just talking to a real fucking radio show. I want to know these cats. I want to know y'all just like y'all want to know me. All right. I'm a, I'm Absolutely. A We'll, get, uh, we'll, we'll connect with you and we'll make it happen. Now, we both live right here in New York City, so we'll definitely go down and see you. Right, Word, man, sounds good. We'll definitely see you, brother. You, you take right, care, brother. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. All right, take care. Well, there you go. Bomac, uh, I ended up like, I don't know what happened to my audio, so I was basically kicked out of the whole interview process, but luckily I was able to get back on. Let me get Diego on the line with us here on Leaving the Ring. Diego, are you there, brother? Yes, I'm here, and I was just enjoying the the whole talk with uh, Coach Bomack. He was keeping me entertained. Let me tell you, <laughs> <laughs> I think he was he going tells it like it is. Great a little bit of truth right there. The guy with the yeah, lot of experience, man. but he tells it like it is. Absolutely. You know, you know what I mean? It, yeah, it's the way. That's the way to be. I mean, I, I was li- briefly listening to the comment of all the shit talking, and um, I mean, it's cool for the fans. The fans like the 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 uh, the entertainment part of that, but yeah, right. Get in the ring and let your hands go to work. You know what I mean? We we spend all day in the gym. Now let's go prove it. You know what I mean? All the all the talking, all the you know the nonsense. It's cool. It's entertaining, but that's not what's paying us. Get in the ring does. That's true. True. I, my only reason about my only comment about the about the trash talking and him doing it a little more is that. You know, sometimes trash, trash talking entices the opposition to want to fight you just off of the trash that you're talking. And right. he seems to be a, a dude that everybody's ducking and dodging. And, you know, I would yeah. love to see him fight the top dudes and for them to stop dodging, you know? So that, that, that's only my thought. Yeah. Who, who yeah, are you hunting yeah, down right I now, Diego? I understand that. <laughs> Uh, who, right who are you now. hunting down? Yeah, who are you hunting down right now, man? Let me ask you that. And congratulations on your last performance, brother. It was great. Uh, it was good to see you. I mean, you looked you looked really good. Uh, um, you know, it, it just seemed like everything was coming coming to place with uh, you know the way you're putting your punches together, the way you're moving. It just looked really spectacular. But so again, who are you hunting down right now at the lightweight division? Especially, you know, last week there was a lot of talks about my weight class. You know, there's a, um, the Ryan Garcia are, are the guys who are a big a big talk right now. Um, they got uh, Lenares up there, you know, and they have that fight pretty much made already. But I like to get in the mix with, with anybody. I've never ran, dodged anybody. I've got in, into the ring with, you know, a fractured hand. Still came with a victory, my last fight, not this one in Nashville, but the one before that. I got in the ring, and, you know, weeks before, I was I was ill. I was sick, but I was like, my job as a fighter is to get in there and do work, man. Um, I'll let my corner decide to do what they want, but when I get in there, it, it's it's all me. Let's let's go to work. Did you see the quadro fight or the Herrera fight? Um... Uh, the Arena fight is the one I, I fought with uh, with a fractured hand. I took him out in round three or four, I believe. When I fought on the first Golden Boy card, um, I had kidney stones the day before. You know, um, I got in the ring and did that too. So I'm, I'm, 
everything in, in boxing. You know what I mean? You name a topic, and I've I've seen or done it. Anything, um, you know, battled managers, you know, just just everything. I, I I'm an experienced guy in so much and learned from it. Um, and getting in the ring is is what get got me like even through my last fight. Mental toughness is a lot of these younger guys who look like they're on top of there's so much clout. Um, you know, it's it, it, to the ring with the experience. I think of Gervonta Davis is the biggest talk that they're talking right now. Uh, now I'm a uh, with Paul Heyman. Um, so that would be the hunt that I'm looking for right there. Javante Davis. Oh, I'd like to see that. I, I definitely would love to see yeah. that. What are, what are your thoughts, though? You mentioned, you, you mentioned – let me ask you this. What, what are your thoughts, though, really about, like, Ryan Garcia? Uh, because you mentioned him right now. What do, you, what do you really think about that kid? He's, he's fast. He's explosive. But, I mean, no one – I don't know if anyone knows, but he ducked a fight with me last year, last summer. Oh, I didn't know and that. The question was, oh, yeah, he did. Yeah, we were supposed to uh, get a fight lined up, and, and uh, he, he ducked it. He pulled out. So then uh, Golden Boy came up with uh, somebody else, and um, the the week of the fight, they he ducked me on that one too. Um, I forget the guy's name. Um, one of their prospect guys, yeah, said he broke his hand, but I mean, a lot of them are ducking the southpaw position. They're ducking the fact that, you know, I'm I'm a fighter that, that, that can do it all, you know, and I've seen so much. They they also like the record. My record is very deceiving. You know, the, the KO, the KO um, uh, on my record, in the beginning, I was, I was training with, uh, you know, an amateur boxing coach. You know, the first 26 fights uh, of my career, you know, they all went the distance, which I'm, I'm grateful for because I learned a lot. Every round you get in the ring, you learn from it, you know. And the more rounds that I put in under my belt um, safely is, is another another win for me. Um, and that's what's getting me now. Now I have a, a, a full training camp. I have Bones Adams in my corner. I have Blair Cobb's coach, Brandon uh, Christopher, in my corner. There's a lot of experience there, and and it's it's you guys saw it in my last fight. Um, I did. I didn't get. I didn't get. I, yeah, I didn't get crazy. I went in there. I was thinking. I was using my head. I wasn't getting uh, you know, out of control. And when Diego gets out of control, it's when shit goes down the hill for him. Because I fight with my heart, and I just want to bang it out. But uh, 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 a boxer like myself, who's in there, he's constantly thinking. Um, no, and your ability to bounce back in fights and also from fights, you know, you bounce right back after the Hill uh, Pimo Lopez loss. And the, the Dulé matchup was a lot of people thought it was a really tough matchup. I know I did. And you just went through them um, in a very impressive way. So, you know, all credit to you yeah. for that. You, you, you know, yeah. the other thing that fight with Hill Pimo, no one no. Hospital uh, weeks before that fight, um, you know, my dad was 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 saying he was going to pull the card from under from under me and talk to my coaches or go to the promoter and, and tell him that I wasn't going to. I was like, Dad, you don't have no say. 
I have bills I gotta pay. I got, you know what I mean? This is my 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 way of uh of income. Living. This is what I've right. done my You're whole living. life. You can't. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, you can't do that to me, Dad. You're gonna pay my bills? No. You know what I mean? It's just things that, that fighters go through. You know what I mean? Um. And uh, wait, wait. So you know, hold, hold me, on. Diego, Diego, hold on, because your your phone keeps coming in and out. Explain to us again what happened yeah. with your dad in that Telfimo uh, Lopez fight. What was going on? Well, my dad, I was sick. Um, I went uh-huh. to the hospital. I was getting shots because I couldn't keep anything. Anything that I would eat would just go right through me, and this happened, and I was weak. You know, I was weighing down, but I got real weak. Um, and yeah, I was just sick. I was battling some kind of uh, stomach flu or something. But uh, anyway, I I got in the ring. My dad was gonna try to uh, pull the pull the fight, and I was like, you can't do that. He didn't give him authorities. He has no business doing that. And um, you know, I still got in the ring, and I still put on a crazy performance. You now in front of all the fans, the way I did. Uh, a world-class fighter got in the ring with the Obimo. He, he barely survived the first and then uh, couldn't make out the second. I think Diego gets in there and gives a, and gives a hell of a show. I won. I think I won that night. I won every fan out there in Texas and uh, and boxing, too. You know what I mean? It's, um, it, it's, it's who I am as a person. Um, I fight with, with, uh, with a lot of pride. You know, which is the reason why I got back up so many times because I'm a warrior. You know what I mean? You're not going to keep me down. I'm down when when uh, when I say I'm down. After that fight, I, love I got a lot mentality. of backlash. Yeah, after that fight, I got a lot of backlash. You know what I mean? And I get it from – I got it from the people who, who love me the most. And me as a father speaking out, I kind of get where they're coming from. But uh, it's just hurtful. I was hurt. After that fight, the way, you know, family was saying he needs to quit, he needs to retire. Um, but, boy, what a, what a difference a year makes when I get back in the ring and, uh, and I do as well as I did. You know, no one really understands what a fighter's going through, what he has to go through, the, you know, the training. But not only that, the, the illness, you know, just is every aspect of fighting. And then I get in the ring now when no one even calls me to say, hey, good luck on your next fight. But I have 98 text messages after this big win. Hey, champ. Hey, right. champ. You know what I mean? It's just it's something right. that I've learned. And through the years, you have to be mature. And you have to know how to handle those types of things. It's, you know, they say, you know, boxing is the – you could be the most celebrated – fighter in the world but then in, in, in blink of an eye you can become the most loneliest person in in the world right yes oh definitely and i've been there and i've seen it all so um with that i think it just makes you a better fighter overall I'm a bigger me, thinker now so, so let me ask you this because you lose to lopez how how because nobody you know you get a lot of armchair you know, uh, uh, coaches and, 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 you know, guys that they, 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 they spew their machismo through the, through the internet, right? Like, Oh, I, you know, this guy's done, or, you know, I could have done this and whatever. Right. How, yeah. how difficult was it for you? Cause mentally you got to be super strong to come back from a loss. And this is not your first time. This is your second time, but come back from that and go and be humble enough 
to go, okay, I made some mistakes. I got to correct them. I got to go back to the drawing board. But how, how quick did you get to that point to realize that? Or was that a, like a quick bounce back for you? Um, it's like, to be honest, um, and I haven't spoke too much about it, but I, I battled after that fight, I battled depression. I was, uh, I went into depression and I got real, real, you know, low on myself, kind of just like, what the hell happened, you know, in disbelief. But, um, I have a very, very close friend of mine who's also my dietitian. Her name is Shannon Torres. And um, she spoke to me and said, look, man, this is what you're fighting. Um, Until you say it and acknowledge it and kind of do your homework on it, you're not going to get through it. So I kind of broke down to her, and I did did tell her, uh, you know, I said it. For the first time, I said I was depressed. And ever since then, things have gotten better. I've got, I've, I've been going to the gym with, uh, with the, with the ability to want to be in the gym after, after something like that. Um, I reorganized myself with, with a better team that definitely helped me because, um, I want to be in the gym. I now have a purpose of getting in and going to the, to the gym, going to go, you know, go on my long runs and be to myself. Um, I'm very it's super hard. You have to mentally kind of talk yourself through it. And until you, and I'm sure a lot of fighters go through this because the thing that happens with fighters is they they dedicate their entire life to boxing. And their family members do the same thing. They're known right. as Diego Tufuego, the, the boxer. And they dedicate every moment. And the family thinks, you know, one day he's going to be a champ. But, hey, man, this is a real life. It may, you may not have it. You may be on the B side. You know. Uh, you know. You don't. A lot of fighters, if they're not on the A side, they're not even getting taken care of. They're on the B side. You know. And it's even harder to be on the B side because you're fighting not only the opponent, you're fighting the the crowd. A lot of times, you're fighting um, uh, the judges. You know. What I mean, Go, going into this fight, I knew where I was. I, I was. I was right. on the B side. I found this kid's backyard. You know. I went out into that arena and. I got so many boos, but by the fourth round, I could hear the crowd change. They said, Austin, throw something. Austin, do something. Man, that motivated me. The fuego under me just lit up, and it got on fire. Right, and you're I like, I got said, him. That's when you I got him. <laughs> yeah, I got him. Yeah, yep. I mean, I, I, had, I had so much fun out there in Nashville. Let me tell you, after after that win, I won. I won. Not only did I win the fight, I won the fans, I won the crowd, I won my my career back. You know what I mean? Like those those are big. I I won Diego the 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 fighter back. It, you know, it reappeared. Um, I've done things outside because I've learned. I've done things outside the ring. Well, today, um, it's ironic. I get on the interview, and today our our offer got accepted on a space here in Las Vegas for a, a boxing studio. So the the reason why I call it a boxing studio is cuz I'm going to it's going to be available this summer um for for um training camps for 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 professional fighters. Throughout oh, the day, okay. I'm right. I'm going to be working with executive uh a clientele on the exec on, on the executive le- level. Anyone who wants to learn boxing um by a professional, 
and I have the record and the, the videos to, to prove it. The bouts are right. going to show for it. Um, um, they're going to be able to to box. And you guys are the first that I've I've actually spoken out about it because I didn't until the contract was signed and done with. I I wasn't going to speak on it. But you guys you guys heard it first. Um, Diego Chufuego awesome. will have a, a boxing studio, a private, nice upscale boxing studio that'll be ready for uh, th- uh, doors to be open by this summer. That's awesome. That Congrats, awesome. Diego. Yeah. Yeah, really quickly, before um, yeah. I, I, um, one second, yeah. I, just, I just want to re- rewind to something that you said, and I want to point it out because it's very important. It's something that people really don't take serious these days. Mental health is something serious. Mental health is something real. Uh, people don't take it serious. It is the most, it's the realest thing. It's like the biggest, I would say, disease or sickness that someone can have. People don't treat it that way, but it is real. Mental health, mental, mental health can defeat anybody. So, you know, I'm glad that you mentioned the struggles that you, that you have gone through and how you had to pick yourself up out of the dirt. And you mentioned uh, the mental health issues that you dealt with, because I think it's very important for everybody else to hear that everybody who's not a professional, also the rest of the boxers and the boxing fans that do listen to the show. It, 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 I think it helps everybody. So I just want to thank you real quick. And, and, and I, I'll let you get, I guess, back to what you're saying. Well, you you know what? I, yeah. I'm going to piggy, piggyback a little bit off of, of uh, what Kenny was saying, Bob Diego. I don't think a lot of folks, well, especially even, I mean, you could be a fight fan for 20, 30 years, you know, and watch it. I mean, myself, I didn't compete at the highest level that you did, you know, but I was a competitor in wrestling and boxing. But, you know, it's – I don't think folks understand that when you're a competitor, you you kind of like – you dig yourself into this tunnel of un, like you're, I'm undestructible, right? And, and right. You, tell, uh-huh. you tell yourself you – you mentally have to – not physically, but mentally you have to end up like getting yourself – uh, prepared that you are undestructible, that nothing can stop you. And then when when it doesn't go your way, how difficult it is to pick those pieces back together, you know? Because yeah. you have you have you have told yourself for so long, I'm I'm you know I'm this person, but then but then you you find out that you are only flesh and blood, and you do you are going to make mistakes, you know? I remember you know I, I trained in San Jose. Uh, as a kid and all that, and one of my coaches, because um, I, I used to hate to do the same routine over and over and over, which is the one-two, right? Correct. And I, yeah. and I was like, man, I was like, coach, Lupe, this is this is fucking boring, man. Like, I want to learn how to throw the hook. And he told me that stuck with me. He said, Mijo, there's always another guy out there training to beat you. So you got to perfect yeah. the, the simplest things in, in boxing. And you got to tell yourself mm-hmm. every day you're the greatest. And I never, I didn't yeah. understand that because I was so young. So can you touch in a little bit about that, bro? Uh, because, you know, that mentality is something that, that either you have it as a fighter or you don't. Right. Right? Uh-huh. Yeah. Yep. That is very true. The motivation, the drive you have for something, the love you have for something, uh, is, is created. It's within, um, I've been doing, yeah, I've been working with the Clark County school district, uh, you know, here in Vegas, um, for a couple of years now. And they've always invited me to, uh, you know, career day and stuff like that to, with, with the schools. 
So, um, and one thing that I preach to all the kids is, and you guys, you guys know what it is. Um, you see it on my trunks when I get in the ring, and it's I'm a knockout. The I M A K A on the back of my trunks, and I'm a knockout is is um is having the confidence, you know, to conquer. Knowing and believing on the person on the inside, because that's where everything starts. You have to know it. You have to believe it in order for, you know, anyone, anyone else to, to believe in you. It doesn't, yeah, it can't, they can't believe in you unless you, you believe for yourself. You know what I mean? It starts from within. And I learned that at a very early, early age when, when I stepped a foot into a boxing ring. You know, I got respect for my opponents. And and boxing's taught me so much about myself. That and that's what I I I kind of tell everybody. Once you get in the ring and and you learn to get respect from someone who's who's trying to do the same thing you're doing and, and knock their head off, uh, it it, it kind of tells you if you're sink or swim, you know. And if you right. decide to keep pushing forward, yeah, then then you 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 should you do well in it. Man, yeah, bro. I'm I'm happy, man, that you're back, and I'm happy that you got the Vegas thing. Uh, it's really good. I think all of us here are very happy for you. I, I don't. I think Emil yeah. probably has a question for you. Emil, I guess. Well, I was just say, yeah. uh, obviously, you know, it's super commendable what you what you're doing. But as a, a public school teacher, which is what I am, um, you know, most of the time, I, I do this, you know, once a week. Full time, I'm a public school teacher. I just really want to commend you for the fact that you've gone into the you know local school district and have given back to the next kids, the next generation. Oh, definitely. I've, that's always been who I am. You know what I mean? There's a lot to 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 me that people don't know about. Um, a, a lot of people don't know that I've educated myself in uh, the real estate market, um, and I've, I'm a licensed real estate agent, uh, a working one. Nice. Um, I, I sold a, a, a home to Joe Cortez, referee Joe Cortez's assistant. And, really? Um, you know, <laughs> she, yeah, I sure did. I sure did. Uh, once he found out, he put me on the show, and we spoke about it. And I walked out of the uh, the um, the interview, the show with him, and uh, she, I gave her a business card. And <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, it, it's something that I've learned growing up. Um, and I was touching a little bit about it when, when your family members and you know, everyone around you look at you as just one thing, but I want to be able to do more because I do have a three-year-old who looks up to me. Um, I've never really taught him boxing. He sees me, you know, because I'm like, hey, I, I, you know, put your hands up, do this, do that. But for him to see me, and this is a real big eye-opener for me, for him to see me on TV, right, and I'm a right-hander who boxes southpaw, and uh, for him to see me and imitate me to the T of what I do was, was, was very surprising to me. He doesn't know to stand that way. He's supposed to stand mm. the other way. You know, he's right-handed, but he stands up like daddy does. And That's I was great. like, wow, that really got me right there. I'm like, <laughs> I didn't teach him that. I didn't right. show him that. He just picked up and learned from it. So I'm a big role model to him. So I have to very, be very, very uh, careful in what I do. I have to take care of myself, like we mentioned already. You know, uh, I take care of my, my, my health, my, my brain, so that I can, uh, you know, continue to be there for him. He looks up to me. Right I've on, educated bro. myself in the real estate market. Um, I've got some big plans, you know, uh, here in Vegas and maybe even out of state. Um, 
I'm looking at buying uh, some investment homes and, and, and going that route. Um, I'm learning the business, just like I, I, I've learned boxing. Um, but, uh, yeah, a lot of things that you can you can do and not just be uh, that one, you know, that, that, that one person. And it's, and it's super lonely when you don't, when you just know how to be one person. After after that, that that fight, when everybody was saying you need to retire, you're, you're doing real estate now. Just you know, stick to your stick to that. Do that. Like you know, focus more on that. It was like I. It was something that I didn't want to accept. I'm like, that's not. No one knows that I was sick, and I went in there. I I brawled. You know, for for seven rounds. I'm like, no. I don't want to end my career that way. I'm going to be, and I'm going to do it the smart way because I'm better than that. I'm not going to just wow. lose the fight. And, and because everybody else is telling me, oh, you know, you're done, you're done, you're done. I'm going to show them different because I'm very competitive. And it, it's in my nature to, to prove people wrong. And when I'm done, I'll say I'm done. Like, I'll be done with it. I'll decide. That'll come from me, yeah. not anyone else. Yeah. You sound like a very smart dude. You, you definitely seem like you got a head on your shoulders, like you got it together. Yeah, sure does, man. Uh, yeah, Diego, I want Yeah, I, 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 go ahead, go bro. Ahead. I'm sorry. No, no, go for it. What were you gonna say? No, I, I just, I, I have a real, real close friend. You know, my, my, my family members. I get because I'm a father now. Um, that, that they worry for me. They worry for my health. They want me. They want me to be around. But um, for them to say that to my face just kind of hurt me. And I right. recently, after I got back to Nashville, I sat down with my parents and I told them, you guys hurt me. You guys hurt my heart. You guys hurt my feelings. It wasn't cool for you guys to tell me that to my face. Like, it was hurtful. Um, next time, please just don't, don't, don't tell me those things because I need to be motivated I don't need to be kicked when I'm on the ground already. So right. uh, we had a real, real personal talk. Uh, I said, I know, I understand. I have, I have a son too, and I do want to be there for him. Um, and I want to be there healthy. But as far as you guys have to learn how to be, uh, communicate a little bit better because I have feelings. I'm human. I, I, may, I may look like the Hulk in the ring, but I, I'm human. I have, my feelings do get hurt. <laughs> so I think I finally got through to them. Uh, they learned, which is another reason why I went to Nashville by myself. Uh, my family members didn't go with me. Uh, my brother didn't go. No, you know, he was in training camp. But I went, I went alone. I did that for a reason. I just wanted to go to work and come back home, pick up my son on Sunday morning, and just enjoy the day like any other day with him. Yeah, sometimes you just got to do it. So, you know, I mean, you started, you started young. I mean, you started in the ring by yourself, so it only makes sense, you know. Um, man, I, I really appreciate you coming on, brother. It's great to hear that you're doing all this and, and that you feel, I mean, you sound full-spirited, you know what I mean? Like, you're ready to go. Um, yeah, I ho- I hope oh, you get these other fights that you're you're kind of hunting down and stuff. I hope that uh man, I I still would like to see you against Ryan Garcia to tell you the truth. <laughs> Hopefully that uh, I, yeah, Ryan Garcia camp <laughs> here he listens to this interview. Yeah. They say, okay, let's give a shot. You know, that'd yeah, be that'd be awesome. great. Yeah, I'm yep. I'm a big threat to a lot of the guys in my weight division, and it, it's I'm not you know the the type that's going to go out there and you know start kicking and screaming for attention. But um, low-key, a lot of guys have been du- uh, ducking and dodging me. You know, they they say, 
you know, Diego's washed up and he's done or he's old. You know, and I have heard that too. But, dude, look what I did to a 24-year-old. Right. Right. He was looking for a, re- a way to, ru- to to weasel his way out of the, of the ring. I know when I, I'm well aware of where a low blow is because I have the same compartment down downstairs. I know where to hit. If I wanted to hit low, I, I know where to go. Um, referee um, for that fight, uh, Jack Reese said, you know, anything on the belt line is illegal because both of our trunks were sitting up high. So in the dressing room, he said that. And once again, when we got in the ring, he, he mentioned it again. So um, as far as him crying for a low blow, it, it, that was just nonsense. It was him being uncomfortable in the ring uh, in front of his fans. You know, there was a lot of pressure, and he wasn't looking so hot. And mentally, I knew once I smelled uh, some blood, I started jumping on him. And I wasn't going to stop going to the body, not at all. Hmm. Yeah, it was definitely we saw that on that night when you did face him. Uh, well, brother, I, I appreciate you coming on, man. We got to get you back on again some t- uh, real soon. And, and hopefully, guys, yeah. yeah to Two Fuego, what you're doing outside of boxing is, is pretty inspiring. And there's, you know, so many countless ex-champions, people that have made millions of dollars that can't transition to kind of a life after boxing and financially and business-wise. Right. I'm hoping you can figure out some way to, to spread the successes that you have and to teach other people how to do oh, what you're yeah. doing. Oh, trust me. I've, I've been, I've been uh, going over a couple of ideas uh, of doing so because I, I know I've, I've reached, look, the highs, I've reached the lows in this sport. I've, you know, like I mentioned, I battled managers. I know the, you know, the promotional side, um, maybe later in my career when I'm done, I would like to be a, a, a boxing manager um, and a manager who's who's serious about his fighters in a way of of uh, making sure they they're they're taken care of not only in their fights but outside of the ring too. I think it's Absolutely. very very important. Absolutely, brother. Absolutely. Again, yeah, man, uh, we'll get you back on and hopefully you got something lined up and uh, love to chop it up with you. Uh, here we go, Diego uh, Magdaleno here on Leaving the Ring. I appreciate it. Thank you. So I love much, it, bro. guys. Thank you. Appreciate it. That is definitely one smart dude right there. He knows what he's doing outside of boxing. Very much appreciate what he's doing outside of boxing for the youth. I love it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, same here. We got our schedule at 7 p.m. We got David Benavides. They just text right now. They said they're they're ready at – they'll be ready at 7. Um, Hey, do you guys want to call uh, Marcos Caballero, the uh, head trainer, to uh, Roman Gonzalez and congratulate him? Absolutely. Yeah, let's go for right. it. Yeah, let me, definitely. Let me call him in here and for our listeners as well so that um, – Let's also see if we could get some more questions from our, you know, valued listeners uh, for our guests tonight because we've had some good ones on, on the chat. So, guys, if you're online, you can, of course, use our chat feature. It's one of the benefits of us being on, on YouTube, so take advantage of that. Kenny's been more active than, than me and definitely more active than Dave up there. But I've been looking at it, and, uh, you know, shout out to Wild Card Show uh, podcast and the Renee Box Young, and obviously to Amy Green, who's a new new one here on our chat. So if you guys have got any Goodbye. questions, too, please just uh, just to send, them, send them our way, please. So let's see. 
That would be great. Yeah, that would be great. Uh, um, I'm definitely active on the chat. Uh, yeah, you can communicate with us at any point, all times. I'm sorry, we greatly appreciate but the that. person you called has a voice mailbox that has not been um, set up. I think that's us trying to get the phone call through, right, uh, Dave? Yeah. Off the... Gotcha, gotcha. It'll be all right. We'll we'll, we'll get it shortly. Um, but yeah, man, uh, we have we've had some great interviews today. Bo Mac was amazing, very honest, truthful dude. Uh, it'll definitely be a pleasure to meet him. He said next week at MSG, right? Um, and he yeah, said it'll be uh, Diego. Mar- I'm guessing it's not this weekend, but the following weekend. A, a week and a half, or I think that's what he said. Oh, that, yeah. makes that makes sense. We'll, that makes sense. That makes sense. Well, I'll research I think the that's... fighters anyway. Any interest, Kenny? I mean, you're you're based out of here, native New Yorker, in the uh, Konaki Hellenius fight uh, uh, Saturday at at uh, the Barclays. Any interest in going to that? Uh, why not? If uh, if if we could find a ticket at a reasonable price that's not going to break my bank, I am so for it. I honestly think that uh, that's going to be a pretty exciting fight. Um, it should I be. Think Konaki's an exciting Konaki, fighter. I like him. But Helene, let me see. If, I'm gonna see if uh, David Benavides to call guys to see if I can get him on right now because I can't get a hold of uh, Marcos. Marcos, so um, oh, wait a minute. No problem. No problem. All right, we're calling David Benavides right now. See if we can get him on the line. Talk some boxing here with him. Hey, what's Hello? up, brother? What's up, brother? Is this Dave? Hey, how you doing? That yeah, this is Dave. Hey, how you doing, man? Hey, yeah. thanks for coming on our show, bro. Really appreciate it. Um, this is Dave Duenas with Leaving the Ring. I've interviewed your dad and your brother, Jose, a million times. I was actually there when your brother got signed uh, with Top Rank. He was at the wild card. Um, I've seen tape on you, bro, when you were like 15, 16 years old from Emily. So it's gra- it's, 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 it's really uh, – uh, I'm really happy to have you here on the show with myself. And my, my co-host is Amilcar and Kenny, bro. So thank you for coming on, man. I appreciate it so much. Thanks a lot, bro. No, definitely, Thanks man. I, I appreciate you guys for inviting me on the show, man. Thank you so much. Hey, so well, well, I want to well, ask you something. of your work, so. Exactly. Go for it, yeah. Dave. I, you know what, Dave? I want to just jump right to it, bro. I want to ask you something here because it's, it's really been on my mind. And I've actually – I've talked to a, a tons of fans about it. My question – maybe you can answer this. We know that Canelo is the cash cow guy, okay? We know that he, he's the guy that everybody wants to fight. But when they mention him at your, in your division, 168, how do you feel that they put him at number one and then everybody else, including you, are like right below him? Don't you think he's supposed to do something at 168 besides just fighting fieldings to get above your name? Oh, definitely. You know what I mean? I feel like um... – you know, I feel like they just give him that number one slot because of who he is, you know, because of what he's accomplished. And because of that, you know, I mean, I understand it. But, you know, as of right now, I feel like if he wants the number one spot at 168, you know, he's going to have to either beat me, you know, or Colin Smith or any of those guys. You know, I think um, – I don't know if he's got the fight with uh, Billy Joe Saunders yet or whatever's going on. But, you know, um, we were definitely open to a fight with Canelo if we, if we would have got an offer or anything like that. You know, so we're just waiting like everybody else. So – you know, I'm I'm always gonna be here. You know, as soon as the opportunity uh, presents itself, you know, I'm always gonna be here for the fight. You know, maybe uh, maybe by next year, you know, maybe his next fight, you know, we could get something going on. Because I feel like 
that's that's the type of that's the fight that the fans want to see at 168. I don't you know I don't in the United States I don't think you know anybody else wants to see a fight between you know him and Calvin Smith. I think the fight that'd be the best fight for us Mexican fans in the U.S. is probably Canelo, me and Canelo. So you know I feel like I'm in a great position right now, you know, for something like that. So you know I'm just, we're just waiting. Are you surprised that Canelo them have impressed like on your name? Because I think that's the biggest fight at 168. No diss to like Kellen Smith and the other guys or like BJ Saunders, but I, I, you know, what we've seen, what Canelo's been doing is campaigning the fighting the best, but I haven't really heard him mentioning your name, like putting your name in that mix. Does that surprise you or no? Yeah, um, you know, it's a little surprising, uh, it is, but I feel like he just knows that I'm, you know, extremely young, you know, I just barely turned 23 years old, so I feel like, you know, I feel like what he thinks is that he sees me as, the, you know, I'm I'm a fan, fan-friendly fan fighter, you know, the fight, the fans love to see me, you know, and I put on these great fights for the fans, so I feel like, you know, maybe by, by the end of this year, you know, I feel like my name's going to be way bigger than it was last year, so I feel like, you know, maybe, you know, at the end of the day, he's a businessman, so he wants to fight set. I get get them the most money, you know. So I feel like if they just wait for that fight, you know, I think it's going to be it could be a bigger fight next year than it would be right now. You know what I mean? But um, uh, you know, I feel, I definitely feel like I'm the best at 168. I feel like I beat you know I I beat Canelo, I beat Cam Smith, I beat all those guys. I just need the opportunity to do it. I I, I, I we agree with you here. I think yeah, I think I'm all of us agree. At 168 now for a bit. How would you rank um? the other fighters at, at 168. I, I haven't mentioned, heard you mention Caleb Plant, but um, how would you rank the guys at 168? I feel like, you know, all, all of us up there were champions for a reason, you know what I mean? So, you know, I, I, it, it's not in my power to say, you know, number one, number two. Obviously, I feel like I'm the best up there. I feel like it would give me the most competition, um, you know, from first to last would probably be Colin Smith, then Billy Joe Sanders, and Caleb Plant. You know, I really don't think too highly about Caleb Plant. I feel like he's the weakest link, weakest link out of all of them. You know, I really don't think too, you know, um, I'm not really too impressed with Caleb Plant. You know, but at the end of the day, he is a champion. So, you know, um, hopefully I get that fight as well, too. I'll take his belt gladly. Well, I, was I love be how my humble next- you are. Uh, uh yeah, I love how humble you are. You're very, very humble, always. Even when you win the fight, no matter what fashion you win it in, you're always super humble. Love that. Uh, um, yeah. Would love to see you Yeah, at the end of the day, bro, we're all world-class fighters. You know, I'm just not going to shit on somebody's name just because I don't like the guy. You know, um, at the end of the day, I want to fight the best of the best. That only gives me more, more, that, that only gives me more credibility. You know, you know I, I'm, what, am, what do I gain out of fighting somebody that I just talk shit about the whole time, you know? At the end of the at the end of the day, these guys are world class fighters, and I'm gonna treat them like that, and I'm gonna prepare for them as such. So you know, um, you know, the personality is one thing. I cannot like a guy, you know, but I, well, when it comes to boxing, I let I put that all out the ring. You know, I I if there's talent there, you know, I'll give props to where props is due. You know, I'm I'm just not gonna shit on somebody because I don't like somebody. But at the end of the day, my goal is being the best boxer and the best uh best super middleweight in the world right now, and I feel like that's what we're uh. That's what we're working towards, you know. I think that each and every one of us here on Leave It in the Ring agree that you are the best boxer in your weight class. We, we, I think we've said it multiple times. Uh, Absolutely. Um, Thank you. Yeah, just, a, just, just, you're very welcome. Uh, quick question uh, regarding a thought of mine, because uh, like uh, David said earlier, 
uh, Canelo never mentions your name or anything like that. Do you feel that that uh, Canelo is like purposely dodging you? I mean, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say purposely dodge me. I just feel like he has so many. He has so many options of, from fighters to fight. You know, I feel like. I feel like definitely if you, you talk to him about a fight with me, I, I feel like he recognizes and he sees that, you know, I'm not I'm not the easiest fighter out of all of them. You know, I'm probably one of the, you know, toughest fighters out of all the fighters he could pick from because, you know, realistically, he could pick from guys from 160 to 168 to 175. So there's just so many guys. I don't feel like he's ducking because I, I feel like, you know, he is he's an amazing fighter and he knows he's an amazing fighter. But um, how much fights – how much fights does he have left in this contract? You know, yeah, yeah. Now, when you're, I feel like Canelo has to really move like really strategically because, you know, he's not going to take all the the toughest fights. You know, um, all of them first. You know, he's probably going to take the easiest fights, and then maybe the toughest fights last. So what does he have? Like six, five fights left in his Dazzin contract, something like that. Uh, it was. I'm not sure exact the exact amount of uh, fights that he's left on the contract. I think it was a total of six to begin with, and he's already fought like three or four of them, something along those lines. Yeah, I have, so I mean, me, I don't have the exact number. I mean, I feel like I mean, I'm and whatever happens in this camp, you know, that's what that's what he does. You know, whatever whatever strategy he uses, but I feel like that's going on. I feel like you know maybe he's saving like, I don't know, he would probably save the hardest fight for the last one or something. You know, I don't know. I'm not sure, but you know, um. I feel like, you know, they, they definitely talk about that fight. You know, they feel, I feel like there would be a potentially a big fight, you know, a, a super fight between me and him. I just feel like I would want a little bit more time just to get my name out there more to the people, you know, and beat these other champions. So by the time we do, for, so by the time we do make that fight, it actually becomes a super fight. You know, I don't want to be that young Benavidez fighting that he can get an opportunity. You know, I want to beat all these other champions, and by the time I get to Canelo, I'm going to be a solidified champion, and it's not going to be it's not going to be a walk in the park for anybody. You know, I'm I'm definitely going in there to, to beat Canelo whenever it is. You, let, let me ask you this, uh, um, because there was kind of a dry spell for a little bit. Uh, David, are you having problems getting fights? I, I, you know, uh, is there is there, has there been an issue of other fighters wanting to face you? It's it's not really an issue. It's just that, you know, how the things came about. I was supposed to fight in January 25th, but mm-hmm. because of Earl Spence, you know, what happened to him, that kind of got pushed back. And something, um, you know, we're just looking for a fight date with my fight. Um, I was supposed to fight uh, Ildrum, the guy who had fought uh, Anthony Durrell. He was already he was the number one uh, contender in line for the WBC. And, you know, just a couple of weeks ago, yeah, we got, you know, some news saying that he was hurt or something like that. So that kind of messed everything up. You know, I don't think it's um, an issue fighting fighters for me. I just feel like, you know, everything gets on short notice. You know, they barely let us know, you know, a couple of weeks ago this, that his shoulder was injured. And now, you know, my promotion company is kind of scrambling to fight, you know, fighters, you know, venues and stuff like that. But, you know, I'm definitely going to be ready for whatever comes my way. I've been training for a couple of weeks already. I think I got, like, five weeks training. So, I mean, um, I'm I'm looking to, to get a, a date soon. So, I feel like I think I'm going to fight uh, time in April or May. So, you know, I'm just uh, I'm just staying ready right now. You know, I mean, he's a tough guy, but he's also been EDs uh, as well. Um, he's, he's a bit of a rough and tumble, dirty fighter at times as well. So, you were saying, David? Yeah. Um, well, you know, I feel like that that style I've seen, 
with ill drum, he's, you know, it's a style I've seen before over and over again. So I feel like, you know, if steroids or not, I'll knock him out either way. You know, he keeps taking the steroids if he wants. It doesn't really matter. It's not going to change the, the outcome of the fight one bit. I was going to say that because David's that. been around for, 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 I mean, dude, you've been around for so long. I mean, I, I don't even, I think the fans that are finally noticing you don't know the history, the rich history that you have in the ring. I mean, I remember hearing when you were giving uh, Kelly Pavlik uh, fits. Uh, could you tell us a little bit about that when you got in with Kelly Pavlik, right? You, you got in there with him, didn't you? Yeah, that was definitely when, you know, basically because I didn't have a, a big amateur career. My brother was, you know, he was an amateur superstar. He had like about 200 amateur fights and he had won national titles all over the, all over the world. So, but me, you know, I'd never really taken it serious like that as for amateur fighting, but I had been boxing my whole life. So, you know, I was, you know, then I really dedicated myself, you know, really took it serious from 13. I think by the time I was 13, I had like nine years boxing already, but I didn't really take it serious, like 100% serious. So by when I turned 13 all the way to 15, you know, I took it 100% serious, training four times a day. So I, I was ready to go pro at 15, but, you know, my dad wanted me to see how, how I would do with the, you know, with the world champion, you know, if I got the, I got the opportunity to spar Kelly Pavlik. So I got in there, man, and I just um, no, that's why that's why I just shined that, you know, and that that's really really gave me the 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 motivation and the confidence I needed in myself because you know I was touching Kelly Pavlik up with some great shots, and even everybody who was there was like, man, this this little kid really is something special. I heard, special. man. So yeah, yeah. So from so from there, you know, we just basically used Kelly Pavlik as like our stepping stone and our on our way in just to see how we could do. Um, I sparred him, I sparred Gabriel Rosado, um, Triple G, before Triple G even made his pro debut, uh, his, uh, his U.S. debut before he fought in the HBO. Yeah, right. um, I mm-hmm. sparred him for about four years, you know, I sparred, you know, and every, and I'm, you know, now that I'm basically just going to say everything, you know, every world champion I've gotten the ring with, I've hurt, you know, so that's, that's why I give it all my, all my confidence from, because, I mean, and I'm not lying, you could ask anybody who's, who's ever in there with them, you know, I've heard all of them. So, I mean, that's, that's, just, what I'm that's saying. just why I, I have so much confidence. Right. Because that's yeah. what I'm saying. That's, I've heard I've, – I've spoken to the, either the fighters or even the trainers, you know. And like I said, I've known your dad and, and, and your brother for a long time. I've had the pleasure of meeting them. I've had the pleasure of, of uh, having them on the show. Uh, I had all three of you guys when I used to own a digital uh, boxing magazine, magazine. You guys were – all three of you guys were the front cover. So, I, I have followed you guys throughout your whole career – because of Emily as well, um, but uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, I can't wait, man. I I, I can't wait to see them put more and more uh, guys in front of you so that we could see the full development. Because I think that's what we all been waiting for is that that just that coming out party. And I was always wondering, like, what's going on? Are are, are there somebody like putting roadblocks in front of him of getting these bigger fights? Um, you know, like I said, I don't hear Canelo calling you out. I don't see Canelo jumping up and down. And to me, even though you mentioned right now you're saying that you want to get bigger, you know, you want more recognition, I still feel that if that fight happened, that is the biggest fight at 168. And if we wanted to see Rasa come out for a fight like that, that I think all Rasa would come out to see you guys mix it up. Oh, yeah, definitely. You know, um, I definitely have a big following. You know, obviously, Canelo, he's a cash cow and everything. But I feel like this is, this is going to be like, if that fight happens, you know, it it would, it would be a, an extremely interesting fight, you know, because, you know, I'm not, I'm, I'm never going to let nobody walk over me. You know, I've been way too, 
you know, I've, I've, I've worked way too hard, you know, and I've, you know, sacrificed so much of my life that, you know, that's just not the way I'm going to go out. You know, my, my mindset is always that I'm going to win. So it's going to be an, an ex- extremely competitive fight. You know, it'll probably be, you know, the fight for the decades, you know. So I feel like it, you know, everybody's going to win in win that fight. You know, I feel like it's going to be an amazing fight. I, I I love your attitude, man. I, I I love the way that you feel. Lots of confidence and super humble still. Um, I would like to ask you a, a question for one of our YouTube viewers. Uh, this is from Eric Adiza. Uh, it's a multiple part question, so you're probably gonna be talking for a little bit after I ask this three part question. It's uh, uh, okay. Do you think that you can stop Caleb Plant? Uh, if and when you fight, will you go for the KO? Uh, and do you think plant speed would make uh, the fight difficult for you? You know, I definitely think I could stop, you know, Caleb Plant because the thing about Caleb Plant is, you know, he starts he starts off very well, but, you know, the type of fighters that he fights, you know, these guys don't press the action, and then these guys don't have a jab. You know, they're not good combination punchers. You know, I press the action for one. I have an amazing jab, punches and bunches. You know, I and you know, yeah. I think my size, you know, I'm six two, you know, I don't think Caleb Plant has ever seen something like that. You know, and I feel like I know I know I have the punching power to stop him, whatever. I can mix it I can mix it to the head, to the body, you know, it's it's that's the thing about myself that I'm very creative in my punches. And I feel like he's never seen nothing like that. And especially with me, I you know, the second fight the second half of the fight I always do better. And if you pay attention to Caleb Plant, that's when he kinda dies down. What happened when he fought Jose Wiskatecki? You know, he did amazing the first six rounds. And then the last six rounds, you know, he, he was getting touched. He got hurt. You know, he got a big cut. The thing about Jose Wiskatecki is that he didn't have a jab for one. He was throwing the same punch over and over again. And when he had him hurt to the ropes, he didn't press the action. You know what I mean? So, you already seen, you seen that. And not only that, like, you see what type of the difference in, between the fighters. When I fought Porky Medina, that was an amazing fight. I took Porky Medina apart. When Caleb Plant fought Porky Medina, it was probably like the most boring fight I've ever seen in my life. You know what I mean? Nobody <laughs> yeah. talked about that fight. You know, everybody forgets about that fight. Everybody forgets that, you know, Caleb Plant couldn't even hurt Porky Medina. And, you know, I freaking, I demolished Porky Medina when I was 19 years old. Right. You know, so I feel like this guy, he's just, he's just super hyped up. You know, he fights Mike or, uh, yeah, he fought Mike Lee, who's, you know, he's never been up there with right. any contender and any, any good type fighter. And then he fights this other guy, uh, Feigen Boots, which, which is 5'9". You know, he got knocked out like two times already. I mean, yeah, he had a lot of knockouts, but if you, you, I went on the box trip, the people he knocked out were like, you know, two, like, they, it was horrible records, you know what I mean? And right. I'm not lying, you go to a box track of, of this freaking right. thing, you know? So, and then this guy, he's just, he's just super hyped <laughs> up, man. Like, he's just, I don't know, he yeah. thinks he's the second coming of Floyd Mayweather. But at the end of the day, this guy has 20 fights with 11 knockouts. Mayweather, when he was coming up, you know what I mean? He yeah. had mostly knockouts. This guy, is, what is he, like, 27 years old? You know, so he's been, he's been around for a long time. He's barely, he's only had one belt. You know, I mean, I just turned 23 years old. And I've won two two world titles already, two WBC world titles already. You know what I mean? So, I'm definitely looking to knock Caleb Plant out. You know, I would I would not let that fight go the distance. The, the one I thing I wanted to add that David is that your inside fighting is is terrific, as is your outside fighting. So it's it's hard to see a space where Caleb Plant would be able to be consistently effective against you. I, 
I think it, your jab from the outside and your inside fighting on the inside would would help you with that with that KO. That's just my opinion. Yeah. And then you know, like the thing of uh, thing now is, you know, I just I just turned 23 years old, right? And you know, I feel like even in the gym, you know, I'm hurting these sparring partners. I feel like my man strength is finally coming about. You know, so I'm very excited to see how that plays out, you know, with all these fights coming up. You know, I, I'm feeling stronger than ever. Now I got Jesus. the experience. I got the, I got the championship experience. You know what I mean? I've gone 12 rounds. I've got, I've been in there with great fighters. You know, Anthony Durrell has never been stopped. You know, he's in there with Badu Jack. He's been in there with a lot of, a lot of great fighters. You know, I was the first one to stop him. A lot of that's people say it was because of the crowd. I mean, that's, that's all bullshit, you know? What right. happened when I was hitting him to the body the last round, he kept running. I was mixing it up. He didn't know what to do no more. You know, the, the, the freaking uh, the referee had to save him, man. Like, you know what I mean? I'd, like, he, if they want to stop, if they want to do the towel in that, that time, I'm, I'm telling you, I would have knocked him out. That's crazy, man, to hear you say. I didn't even think about that. You just turned 23, and you said your man strength hasn't even kicked in. Wow, bro, that's 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 freaking crazy. That's uh, scary, you know. That's really scary. Yeah, you know. I, I mean, that is. Yes, you know. You know. I'm I'm very excited. You know. I mean, I've been like, I feel like I'm a veteran in the ring too. This is my eighth year. You know, professional. I turned pro when I was, you know, fifteen, sixteen. So, you know, I feel like I'm finally in the position where I want to be. You know, I've been in championship fights with great fighters. You know, I've gone twelve rounds. You know, I've seen different types of styles. I've seen Russians, Mexicans. You know the you know, boxing style, the people are just running around the ring. So, you know, I feel like I'm I'm ready for anything at this point. While well, we have you here, a little bit about the early beginnings in Mexico when you were fighting there as a teenager. What what were those years like? You know, it was definitely a, a different experience. Now that I see people, um, there's some prospects now that just they just don't know how good they have it. You know what I mean? Um, they fight in big stages. You know, they get paid good money. You know, when I came up, I didn't get paid my first eight, seven fights, you know, because I was fighting in Mexico, too. You know, um, you know, we're fighting in different areas. You know, we're fighting, like, some little, like, like underground fighters, but there are some, you know, tough fighters, you know, until, like, six, seven fights. And then when I got – I turned pro – I mean, I did my pro debut in the U.S., you know, I mean, that kind of just jump-started me because, you know, I just getting the confidence of being in the ring, being with smaller gloves. So when I got to the U.S., I turned pro at the U.S., you know, I started fighting better fighters. And just because I had the experience of being in the ring, you know, um, my earlier fights, you know, I was getting good knockouts. Um, I think my first fight that I was super proud of is when I fought on the Showtime for the first time. I had fought this guy. He was, uh, what was his name? Something more, Romero. People didn't, uh, the people I was with didn't think I was going to knock him out. I knocked him out in the first round. Then the next fight, oh, I fought some guy named Philip Jackson. He was 16 and one with 15 knockouts, knocked him out in the second round, you know? So I just, the, the level of opposition kept improving and I kept shining with it. You know what I mean? So I feel like the, I wasn't given anything, the position I'm in, you know, I definitely earned for myself, you know, and I just, that's why I just have so much confidence in myself. You know, I've been, I've, I've been through it all. I've been there, done that, you know, and I just feel like now, I just want I just want to fight the best fighters in the world and you know just be what I know I can become and that's 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 one of the one of the greatest boxers in super middleweight history that's my dream and that's my goal. That is amazing and we believe in you. Uh, um, now now this this is I guess my, my my last question you know I'm all about the money and all about these dollars so I want to ask you uh, way way before the fight has even been discussed or set up 
uh, what what round does this Caleb Plant KO come in? So I could make sure that when the fight does get set up, I put my dollars in Vegas very very early. Um, first of all, you know we gotta we gotta write the contract and discuss how much percentage you're gonna give me for that knowledge once you win <laughs> for the round. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> nah, I mean I don't know. I mean I don't know. I don't think about that. I don't just. You know, I'll fuck my mindset up like that, thinking of, you know, this is a round, I'm going to stop him. Because sometimes when you think about it too much, it doesn't happen like that. You just got to let it flow. You know what I mean? If you just yeah. go in there thinking I'm going to knock a guy out in the fifth round, you know, for me, it doesn't really happen. I just, I just, sometimes I just, I just work the game plan and sometimes the knockout comes on its own. I can't rush it. I can't say it's in the fifth round, sixth round, you know, but it's definitely, if I don't, I'm definitely looking to knock Caleb Plano. I'm definitely looking to put a hurt on that, that dude. Because I really don't like him. Hey, uh, David. Uh, my favorite uh, junior middleweight of all time, a super middleweight of all time, or at least who I think is the best, is Joe Calzaghe. Not everyone agrees with me, but who do you uh, rank as your, you know, all-time best 168-pounder? Uh, I, I feel like definitely Joe Calzaghe should be one of the top ones because, you know, he, at the end of the day, he – he retired undefeated. You know, he had amazing, you know, amazing combinations. You know, he was a great fighter, you know, so I, I think he should be up there. Definitely my other two favorites are um, Roy Jones Jr. and uh, Tony, uh, what's his name? James Tony. James, James Tony, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Those are my top three guys. Well, there you go. David Benavides here on Leaving the Ring Radio. David, I want to thank you, man. And make sure you say hello to your dad and your brother for me, brother. I, I appreciate you coming on this late, man, and day. Yeah, for sure, brother. Thank And thank you, guys. I appreciate, you know, all, all your guys' support, too, man. Uh, you know, at the end of the day, as, as a fighter, I just want to say that, you know, this is all made possible because of you guys. You know, you guys put the – you guys are the ones that buy the tickets, you know, give us exposure, you know, give us the interview. So I want to thank you guys, too. You know, I really appreciate everything you guys do as well. Thank you, thank you. Very humbling to hear that, and very appreciative. Thank you so much. Yeah. All right, brother. Take care, man. I appreciate. It. David Benavides here on right, Leaving the night. Ring. You too. Have David uh, Benavides here on Leaving the Ring uh, Radio. Sorry, um, I'm getting a bunch of texts here on uh, right now. Um, when you take those texts, David, I just want to mention that. Uh, go ahead. One thing I get to say while he was on the air is that this guy's had a tremendous ba- uh, uh, bounce back story. Much like Tyson Fury, um, you know, when he was a teenager, he was training in boxing because he was a really big kid. I think he almost got up to 300 pounds. And the fact that he's fighting at 168 is pretty incredible. Incredible. And the other is that he obviously faced issues outside of the ring. Um, I didn't want to get into that too much with him, with him on, on the line, but he was able to bounce back from that too. I mean, we all know the reason he got stripped for the WBC title the first right. time. And a lot of guys with lesser character wouldn't have been able to bounce back from that. And he absolutely did. So the young man's got, got a lot of uh, credit from it, from me. And I know absolutely. from many guys that are out there rooting for him. Absolutely. Let me bring on Marcos Caballero here, the head trainer to Roman Gonzalez. Marcos, are you there, brother? How you doing, Dave? Hey, how you doing, man? Long time no talk. <laughs> it's been a long time, man. I know, brother. I, I did this whole hiatus, right? I, I just stopped doing, like, the radio show. But, I mean, I had, like, you know, the other guys do it. And, and uh, uh, Milkar got the bug back into my, my ass and said, hey, you need to come back and start doing it. So here we are, man. And I, wanted to, I personally wanted to get a hold of you 
to congratulate you with your guys' phenomenal win on Saturday, you know? Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. It went great. It was a good night for me. It was a great night. Um, you know, I was, I, I was talking to Red, and Red was like, dude, Roman looks really good. They're doing a lot of running. He, uh, he looks really sharp in the gym. You're going to see it. You're going to see it on Saturday. Marcos, tell us a little bit, though, because – this is not like this wasn't like all of a sudden you started um, uh, being part of uh, Roman's uh, training camp. You know, you, you went to it, it, this. You've been with them for quite some time, right? Well, we've been training together for about a year and a half. Um, but we started uh, when we first moved to the United States. Uh, he, uh, uh, they called me in contact. They wanted to do training camp in the Valley with his old trainer, and they did for one of the fights and. Uh, uh, they asked me to uh, one of my youngest son to help him for one of the tra- uh, one of the fights to training camp with them. They used him. We went to Big Bear. Uh, that was the last time his coach was right there with him. And I learned a lot about him. It took me a while to get used to it. I mean, you're talking of a high quality fighter, which you think that uh, does he have any mistakes and uh, throwing a punch or, or doing any and uh, anything wrong? But uh, it did. It, it, it took me a while for him to believe in me and. Uh, Finally, uh, you know, we went through the first fight. We were fighting Vegas. Uh, the punches that we that we practiced, that's the punch he, he knocked out the guy. So got to believe more in me, and then we went through the next one, which is, uh, uh, you know, it didn't go through the whole. That's when he had the, the knee the surgery, when it was an uh, injury. And uh-huh. then we went, to, uh, we went to Japan. Things worked out good. It was only two weeks to train for that kid that, I mean, nobody knew him, but uh, it's still a dangerous fighter. We got together and we able practice. I told him, Cody, this is it. You're going to demolish this guy. If you can get out, get out in one round, it's good for you because you're going to look good. And he did listen to it and finished the guy. Coming into this one, right after the fight in Japan, after we get out of the ring, he goes, you guys got to go back in training camp. I say, why? There's a fight done and it's going to be in, uh, at the end of February. And he goes, got to get back in training. Just give it one week and go back into the training camp. That's what he did. We get back in it, and uh, I just started, I started studying the guy. And I didn't see that much on, on the fight. A lot of mistakes. And, uh, and I think we, we, we worked on that. And it came out perfect for everything. And you see a chocolatito, we trained for it. And he, he, he did it good. Is it, I mean, was how- it Honda from taking promotions that, that gave you that fight right away? Is, is that who he still signed with? Yeah, right. We got off the fight in Japan. We, we, we just finished the fight. We finished the guy in the second round. So we got in the locker room because it's a done deal. The fight's going in February. They already, they already announced it. They already said it's okay. They'll take it uh, for the world title. So we all got excited. I mean, he's been waiting for all year to get back in the major fight. So we got back in. He came back in training camp. <clears throat> Only gained. Before the fight in Japan, he weighed 125. He came back to training camp, still weighed 125, so he didn't gain no weight. We only had 10 pounds to lose, and he took care of himself through that time he was out. That's, that's amazing. I was actually at the Sore Rungvasai fight at Madison Square Garden, the first one, and, um, you know, it was full of Nicaraguans. My family's actually from Central America on my mom's side, and, you know, I was, oh, yeah. I was, yeah, I was rooting, rooting a lot for, for – um, Gonzalez for other reasons as well, which I'll get into later. But have you studied that fight? And um, is that a rematch that you'd be looking for? And if 
if you did study and if you are looking for the rematch, what kind of adjustments would you make uh, in another sore rung beside fight? I wasn't there in a training camp. Um, what would I do? Get this right sparring partner. The, uh, you know, there's right. there's a thing in boxing. What, that first fight, we we all knew he won. It was a close fight, but, it, you know, he came out throwing more punches. It was a close fight, but it could have could have went to Roman. It didn't go his way. The second one, there's a thing that happened in boxing. A lot of people looks at the fight inside the ring. But there's things that happen before the fight. If you have any problems, you got sick or uh, any any issue could have happened. It can might happen, and, and nobody knows. Just people judge the Chocolatito when he got in the ring, he got knocked out. But Chocolatito's a great fighter. He take care of himself. I mean, what a Jason's all do, I would have to get some sparring partners that were solid and uh, mm. they will imitate not exactly uh, his style, but they imitate the style. Uh, uh, I forgot his name. And 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 go from there. Look at the mistake that he did. Yeah, and, yeah. And, and 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 you know anything can happen in boxing. Anything. No one believed in Chocolatito this time. Nobody did. Right. They you wrote know, him off. And, and he proved everybody wrong. Hmm. The the other uh, thing that that I've heard about a Chocolatito recently is that you know he's obviously active politically in in Nicaragua. He's uh, you know, aligned himself with the uh, socialist president um, who's, you know, pretty popular, except for here with the United States government. You know, have, has he discussed any of that with you and his popularity in Nicaragua and how he's getting on down there in his home country? This man will not talk about the political stuff. He's not involved with the political stuff. He believes in the government because those are the people who helped him out when he was poor. Why would you yes. do stab him in the back? You gotta understand. If someone gives you something, would you stop in the back or after they help you out when no one gives him a penny for him? He was so he doesn't he don't he don't talk about the government. He does. You ask him questions, stays quiet. You know what I mean? Can yeah. he respect that? He respect people's opinion. He's allowed to choose where he wants to. And you gotta understand. Um, I know the political stuff. I know people hate him because of, but that's the people he believes in. The people who give them a help, even food when they need it. It's a legitimate government that's done, uh, as you said, great things for, for poor people in terms of health care, education, um, opportunities. He's, he's got every right to support support that government. I was exactly. just wondering if, just if, that. if yeah. Not just that. They, they help them out with food. and This comes from, come from a very poor family. They gave yeah. him a car, they gave him a house, and gave him money to support the family. And what would you do? You know, people say the country, at the end of the day, the country's not going to fit you. You're going to have to survive. You know what I mean? Yeah. You're going to think that people's in there. I'm not a political involved with it, but I just listen to him, and he has the point because they help him out. And he's a man. Believe me, if you met this guy inside, he's an amazing kid. He's a kid that. Uh, I, I will say it is a role model for any kid. This kid is not into social media at all. He doesn't like to get into people, start criticizing people. He's a kid that uh, is on to the Bible. All he listens to, he doesn't watch TV. All he does is listen to Christian music. Wow. All he does is listen to the Bible. It's amazing. I've got to learn this kid every time. I see this kid more and more. And it's amazing what he does. I mean, great person. 
he'll give what he has in his pocket to someone who needs it. I've been learning that every day. You know, it's, and it's amazing. It even teach me how to use the Bible. Something I haven't ever done in my life. Never knew how to read the Bible. Just started from here. So it was amazing. And the, the kid's amazing. And he believes in God. And God gives him this power to win this fight. God gives the power to every one of my team to win this fight. And we thank God every day. I mean, it was amazing, amazing time. Great kid. And people are going to judge him. He's allowed to choose whoever he wants. That's no, absolutely. It's just that you 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 you're well aware that you know our Spanish language media here in the United States is very uh, right wing and conservative, and whether it's Cuba or Nicaragua or Venezuela, they have nothing but bad things to say and never anything positive. Yeah. So I always yeah. felt that it shows it shows his character that at the end of a big match, he's always able to thank uh, President Ortega and. Um, and the government, despite the fact that he knows very well that it's something that that the media here in the United States and in other places would would probably not like very much. But switching yeah, switching real goes, quick, you sorry, on. go ahead. I say Pardon life me? goes on. Yeah, absolutely, life, you've life been out, goes on. Yes, you've been out to Japan, and if, if I'm guessing, have been in the gyms out there. Japan has done a, a great deal, especially taking promotion for maintaining kind of the 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 activity in the lower weight classes and i really mean like 118 and below can you discuss a little yeah. bit of, of your experience going out there j- to japan what the gyms were like what what the promotions were like it's a great place beautiful place i mean God, uh, it's a, i will go again for vacation so that way the gyms are nice people walked in you you can't walk with your your tennis shoes you got to take your shoes outside you got to change inside, and uh, it's pretty much the same as here. I mean, uh, you got the coaches. I, I this is pretty much the same as here. A little different culture by going inside right here. A little more, uh, not old, say not old gyms, but uh, a little dirtier. And then over there, just everything has to be perfect. You got to put your shoes outside. Put some sandals going to the ring. You know, and training. And you know, it's a little different. A little different. A little different. On, training but uh, it works for them our style works for us you know what i mean but it's a great place to 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 be would you ever adopt any of those those practices back here in the u.s mm, i don't think so it's, it, it don't go for what i learned in boxing but like i say it works for them i don't think i'll use it the socks the socks and the taking off the shoes yeah no we have a hard time taking our shoes in the house Imagine going to the gym. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Marcos, let me ask you. One, Francisco Estrada is the guy out there. And I know most fans. I'm pretty sure after that, that win, you guys heading back, everybody's asking about him. What is your thoughts about him? And, and what do you guys – is that the next fight you guys would want? Yeah. I mean, it's all business. You know, at this point – business. Let's try to for him to make money. He has to fight Chocolatito. Chocolatito can move any direction and still make money. You know what I mean? People want to fight. Yeah, people want to fight. They fought already. It was a close fight. Chocolatito beat him. The win is on Chocolatito the first time. It was a right. close fight. But I go back again. What the people doesn't understand, they doesn't know what happened the night before. Nobody ever asked. Well, do you have any problems with the training camp? Do you have any problems? People don't care about what happened in your life outside. It's just when you get inside, you know, right. they, they, you get to learn all the stuff. 
the people don't understand why you stop this guy. They meet at the perfect age. I mean, the Strata, it was undefeated. I think he only had one loss. Strong, he was young. I mean, now he's back in 115. You know, he's a world champion. But still, I don't think he generates the kind of money Chocolatito will generate if he doesn't fight with Chocolatito. So what they're trying to do is they put a fight first to go with the other champion, WBO, I think it is, and then unify the title and then meet up again. It's going to happen. It's not the Chocolatito doesn't want it. It's about the money, I think. I don't know. You know, I just I don't run the fight, but I'm pretty sure it's not to be the money. If right. you pay the money, anybody will fight anybody. These people are not afraid to fight anybody. I mean, you fight Tom World Champion, why would you be afraid to fight uh, Strata? You will fight him. Put the exactly. money on the table, I'm pretty sure. And everybody will fight everybody. Pacquiao fights anybody, but you're not going to fight for 50 bucks. You know what I mean? <laughs> you're going to fight for the money. Right. It's all business. Hey, what's going on with your with your boys? You know, Randy and your other uh, uh, your other son Renee. Uh, when are they coming back to the ring? Is there any news about them? Are they in the Are they in the gym with you, working right now? Randy's right here, is listening to you. Oh, That's what's up, Randy? Say hi to you, <laughs> Randy. Nah, say hi. No, it, it's uh, Randy's uh, been you know taking his time off because it's surgery, mm-hmm. and uh, and uh, Romel, if we have a little problem with the Hello, Randy. Randy, keep us up, bro. How you doing? How you been, brother? I'm doing good, man. How about yourself? Good. Long time, long time. We haven't talked, man. You know, I was asking your dad right now when. Uh, time, man. I know, I know, I know, man. Um, I was just asking your dad, like, when's when's the plan of the comeback for you to get back into the ring? I want to, man. I, I definitely want to. I had surgery on my foot. It actually got better, and then after I started getting back on my foot, I ended up twisting uh, my other ankle. And I'm, oh, I'm wow. off now, trying to wait for that pill. Yeah, it's really bad pain, but it's getting a little better. So I'm hoping, hoping soon. But then again, I still got to get back inside the gym and see how my body feels. Well, man, I hope you recover and get back in there, man. I miss seeing you in the ring, you know, doing your thing. Thank you, thank you. I appreciate it. You know, I miss being inside that ring. <laughs> Absolutely, brother. Absolutely, man. All right, let me, Have a good let night. Me... Here's my dad. Okay, brother. Have thank a good you. night. All right, go ahead, Dad. I'm here. Okay, brother. Hey, you know who you need. You know who you need to train, Marcos. Uh, you need to get red, man. Get it. Get him. Get him in the ring. <laughs> he could it be the next Canelo. He likes to eat, man. <laughs> I, I just make some food. And he comes over here. He eats twenty tacos. I know. He I know. He loves the way I cook. <laughs> <laughs> That's been red, man, for years, brother. Well, anyways, man, I want to thank you for coming on, bro. I appreciate it. Uh, no, we got to get you back on. Yeah, brother. And I, it was a great win. I can't wait to talk to you again. Um, I, I talked to Red the other day. I got to make a trip out there to go visit you guys. I haven't done it, man. I, like I said, I've been missing in action, but I'm time. back. All right, brother. I'll talk You're to you welcome later. Welcome anytime, man. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. Thanks for calling. Thank you for calling thank in, you. brother. Have a great night. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Marcos. Caballero, um, really good trainer, man. Um, very, very nice, humble person. Great family. Uh, known them for years. Uh, you know, Red is a, one of the original OGs of leaving the ring. Um, you know, I know if, if you're not a, if you didn't listen to us from the beginning, Red is one of the original guys. I used to book all the guests. He was the PR for uh, leaving the ring radio. And uh, Red is out there. And Red actually helps out uh, in the corner uh, when Marcos needs him as a cut man. 
Actually, that is a cut, man. Red's going to come on, man. I'm going to come have him come on next week. Uh, he's got some great stories, man. Red, my friend, he's, he's a really funny dude. Um, and uh, he was made to be a cut man for Marcos, and I want him to tell that. I think, I think you guys will have a mm-hmm. kick off of that. And, uh, you know, uh, uh, Red has worked with a lot of fighters as well, has helped out a lot of guys, and uh, is a really good dude. But um, I wanted to get Marcus on because, for one, I wanted to congratulate him. I think that was a big, uh, a big win, not just for Chocolatito, uh, but for, for as well as for Marcos because, uh, you know, not a lot of people know him personally, uh, the name. The name hasn't really came out. But he's an awesome trainer, and he's worked with a lot of good fighters, a lot of good fighters, you know. And being that he's from Nicaragua, he works with a lot of Nicaragua fighters as well. But, uh, you know. Um, Bro, anytime you can, you can help a guy come back from a loss like that and, and win a world title against a young, undefeated guy like Calliopi, that, that's a, a humongous accomplishment. So, <clears throat> absolutely. To him. Absolutely, man. And he looked great. That was just the thing. Uh you know, Roman looked really good. So I'm really interested. I've been, they've been inviting me over and over, not just them, but a bunch of folks have been inviting me to come to the gym. And it's just this year, I'm going to do it. Now, you should. You should definitely awesome go by the gym. A lot of good you know? fighters. A lot of good fighters. Yep. You know, and being uh, here for me. Right, anyway, he's uh, uh, yeah. fighters as well. I hear but, uh, playback I hear audio here. interference uh, somewhere. <laughs> Anyways, uh, again, I want to thank everybody that came on and listened and tuned in to Leave the Ring. We got some great guests lined up for next week as well. Uh, we're going to try working on bringing more guests. When we bring on more guests, the show is going to be a little longer, but when we don't have anybody scheduled, uh, it's going to be a, a two hour show. Again, if you watching us on YouTube, please press the like button, subscribe, and don't forget to test that little bell there so you're notified when we're on live. And I'm still working, trying to come uh, on the uh, on YouTube at least once a week on Friday mornings. It's really tough with me sometimes because I work late and, uh, you know, it's just one of those things and stuff, man. But, you know, we're definitely trying to put more content for everybody. And, uh, you know, we're just going to keep doing our things here on Lead Ring. Um, you can always catch the show and the replay on, on all the platforms that we're on. And you can catch us on YouTube as well. Again, Kenny, a milk car was fun. Always a pleasure speaking to you guys here on Leave a Ring about boxing. And, uh, well, what else can I say, man? Uh, have a great weekend. Don't spill your beer because you will. Don't drink your beer. Don't drink and drive. Man, I'm, all, I'm forgetting my own lines now, man. That's how tired I am. Yeah. Don't drink or drive because you will <laughs> spill your beer. <laughs> Take care, Thank guys. You, have a great Jesus. night. It's been great. Take care. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Thomas Caballero. Lee.